3: So the album, the name of your album is Songs of Horror. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we'll be right back to our documentary on stomach rashes, talcum in the middle, in just a second.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, what was that? It was frightening, wasn't it? It was horror. You know what, Colin?
0: What, Ryan? That's what all the songs in this CD set are about. Horror. Are you saying that every song on this CD album has to do with horror? You bet I am. 800 songs on 300 CDs. That's... All about horror.
4: Horror.
2: Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of Dearly Debated, the show where you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. I'm your host, Nathaniel Aliens Levinson. (laughs) And I am your co-host, Greg. You better keep your top
3: on, friends. (laughs) (laughs) That'll make sense later. (laughs) And I'm Jason Mystery Inc. Daniel.
1: And I am Ashley... (laughs) Thomas.
3: Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, so, if, if you
2: couldn't clue from the intro <laughs> that I st- that I tacked on and uh, and the wonderful foley work from Ashley Thomas, we are talking about horror. 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 The spooky, scary genre that Greg and I don't know a whole lot about. Um, it was an interesting uh, week of homework. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Ashley gave us some homework. We watched a couple of, of uh, scary movies, but not scary movie. I don't think...
1: I, don't, I wouldn't say that any of them are overtly scary, but they are icons of the horror genre. I
2: was referring to the Really Bad Parody movie's scary, scary. Movies. Oh, oh, movies. Uh, movie. Oh, that! See,
1: I haven't actually seen that.
2: I've seen clips of it, and I know the clips were enough to make me know I never want to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everything I know about it makes me not want to watch
2: we, it. We, we should do an episode on parody. So, uh, once again, um, there was a lightning storm, and my, my This Week in History, maybe paper got replaced with a memo from an alternate dimension oh, um nice. so let's wow. just see let's just see what what what's been happening over there in a parallel universe oh, uh queen releases their 75th album queen quong robo freddie mercury stated 74 double platinum albums and we're still no closer to discovering whether there are a finite number of musical permutations that totally rock uh the ambassador from the dinosaur protectorate called for the cessation of screenings of jurassic park calling it speciesist propaganda the ambassador released a press statement saying, quote, seriously, how would you like it if we made movies about you apes being displayed for entertainment? Besides <laughs> Gladiator, I mean. Michael Creighton could not be reached for comment. The New York Mets had another outstanding season, putting them in the running for best mm-hmm. team ever, along with the Detroit Lions and the Charlotte Bobcats. Baseball Hall of Famer Michael Jordan may have been an average basketball player, but he sure knows how to manage a pro sports team.
0: <laughs> that, that good old leather MJ. Yeah, just a yeah. alternate MJ. Just, uh, just
2: your run of the mill. I mean, just absolutely... Michael. He's Michael. Still has the home run record. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh wow, impressive! Yeah, most impressive. and fa- fantastic, fantastic at running a basketball team. Just absolutely outstanding. Uh, all right, so let's talk about horror, 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 horror. horror, horror. horror. This is something uh, that we admittedly
0: don't know a ton about, but we brought with us an expert, uh, expert. in this field. Expert. So Ashley, let's educate some people. Yeah,
2: okay. So when we say horror, I think most people immediately think. Freddie, and Jason, like the, the, really? the classic, spooky, like the big, the, the humanoid monster killers that are unstoppable that are always hunting you down. Right. But that's not everything horror is.
1: Right, right. Yeah, um, so just for sake of clarity, the uh, really scholarly source Wikipedia <laughs> uh, <laughs> describes um, horror films as, um, a horror film is a film that seeks to elicit fear for entertainment purposes. Talks about um, the macabre and the supernatural are frequent themes. Horror may also overlap with the fantasy, supernatural, fiction, and thriller genres. But yeah, uh, the, basically the point is to be scary. Um, and there, I, and I think I think horror is more than that. I think there there's some interesting philosophical uh, things you can discuss behind mm-hmm. horror. But just generally speaking, that's what a horror film's supposed to do is supposed to scare you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, and I've always found the ones that I, the the premises that I find truly horrifying are the ones where the killer is just like a regular person mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. the ones where it's like the supernatural juggernaut who just literally will mm-hmm. never die. Like, man, too angry to die, and it's mm-hmm. just Jason, you know, juggernauting <laughs> through everything and, and, like, it's so ridiculous it becomes absurd. When I was a
0: kid, it was the opposite. When I was a kid, of course, I just didn't want to see the scary figures right. and like think that those could be out there. And when you get older, it's like the more disturbing stuff that you mm-hmm. find to be way more realistic is like, ugh, like people yeah. can kind of be those horrible yeah. figures, and now yeah. Yeah. I'm reminding myself
2: that it could be a truth, and now it's, I'm scared. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. the movie's like, well done. Yeah, well, I just remember um, when I was a kid, certain shows and movies that would scare me, mm-hmm. and I hated them. So uh, now I'm, I'm. Some of these might sound weird. I, I think I want to say I don't know, I don't actually know what movie it was, but I think it was Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And just being the, the body horror. I, I remember it. some guy like bouncing around and his eyes like bugging out. And I was just like, I hate this. I hate all of this. Um, Gumby <laughs> used to terrify me. Uh, there Gumby's was an weird, episode yeah. of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. You, you know what Ghost Rider is? Uh,
1: uh, I do.
2: <laughs> I'm so proud it, of you.
1: If, uh,
2: ghost Rider. Yeah, ghost no, 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 Not just, Ghost Rider. Not, not the not flaming oh, skull. No. Ghostwriter. Yeah. Totally so Ghost Rider oh was this PBS... I want to say it was a PBS show. It was a PBS show, uh, yeah. That we used, to, we used to get VHSs. We used to rent VHSs from the library. And basically it was these kids and this ghost would can take over their computer and like type out mm-hmm. messages. And so they would go solve mysteries with this ghostwriter. And I remember us being really young and the kids who were like fifth grader or older and they didn't know what F- the FBI was. And we're like, <laughs> these kids don't know what an FBI is. They're so stupid. But I remember there was... <clears throat> one episode in particular that we really loved where ghost writers, like going back in time and they're passing messages to, to these kids in like the 1930s and he almost dies because it takes so much energy to travel back in time. But I remember they did one where it was like a Halloween episode and, um, they were writing the horror story and then it was like playing it out. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, in, yeah, which I've seen a lot of shows, like people are telling a story and then it like shows the characters actually doing the stuff. Right. Um, and it, I was just like this monster sewer thing that slimed everything, and I hated it. I was like, "Why would you do this?" And I remember seeing the Goosebumps covers in the library, oh, and I was like, yeah. "Who reads this? These are nasty. <laughs> I hate these." So I've never, I've never been one to seek out scary things. Um, even though, admittedly, as I'll talk about later, I love horror games. Mm-hmm. So what? So, so I'm curious, what got you into horror?
1: A, a few different things. Um, I. Used to, so, so my background, the very first horror movie I ever watched, I was maybe like 10 or 11, and my cousin and I watched Psycho over Christmas, mm, because, mm. you know, one of those Alfred Hitchcock Christmas classics, Psycho, um, it's what you watch on Christmas night. And, and I remember really enjoying the movie, even though it was, it was creepy, and that's what <clears> I thing <throat> um, But I didn't really like horror at all. Um, even though, like, I read a lot of the Goosebumps books as a kid, I never thought they were super scary. I just thought they were interesting. What What got me into horror, um, and before I was really into horror, was I, what I would do is I would psych myself up and I would watch one horror movie a year at Halloween. And that, I was good for the rest of the year. But I always made it a good one. So, like, the year I watched The Exorcist, I thought about it for months afterwards. <laughs> it
4: was so bad. A
1: lot of mental preparation. A lot of I mean. mental preparation for that one. I guess maybe, gosh... Six or seven years ago, I started listening to the Retroist podcast uh, because I am a curmudgeonly like retro gamer. And he talks a lot about video games, but he also talks a lot about retro TV and film and you know, just all the all things retro. Um, and he covered a lot of horror movies on his podcast. And I found that I thought all the stories for the horror films were very interesting. And I really enjoyed learning about how they were made. Um, Especially because so many of them were on shoestring budgets and yet became these crazy blockbusters and are icons of the genre. So I just thought, wow, that's super interesting. Like the forced creativity that had to happen when you are, you know, have small amounts of money to work with. So I thought, it's like, wow, that's really interesting. Maybe I could handle them. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And then there was a um, podcast that kind of split off from that that was connected to the site called Saturday Frights, which was specifically about retro horror. And so the host, Vic Sage, would uh, cover retro horror film, but he'd also look at retro horror television. So like the Twilight Zone and um, Night Gallery and uh, The Outer Limits, that sort of thing. Um, I was just like, wow, these all sound really interesting too. Maybe I should try to watch some of these, but it wasn't until I watched Stranger Things and absolutely fell in love with Stranger Things. It's my favorite show. I knew enough about the things that Stranger Things draws from, um, specifically like Alien and uh, John Carpenter's work, Stephen King's work, Steven Spielberg's work, just, you know, those types of horror and thriller stories that he draws from. So I, I recognized all of those things because I knew enough about the movies to recognize them, but I was like, okay. I love this show so much. I ended up writing my master's thesis on Stranger Things. I need to go watch all these movies. So I did. Here in Charlotte, we have the ayers Grand Theater uh, over in South Charlotte. And in October, they always do a retro horror month. Um, So they'll do uh, two retro films a week. That was how I saw a lot of them. Some of the films we're going to talk about today, I I got to see them for the first time on the big screen, and that was really special. So uh, that's kind of what got me into horror. And uh, I just kind of, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not scared anymore. So.
0: it does it does change a lot. Yeah. Feel, just from me having a background in, in video production. I, I did I did my like my as a kid. I, I I never had any interest. It was always like I knew that it was going to scare me. Mm-hmm. Don't want to be scared. Mm. So next question. <laughs> that's, <laughs> just, that's where it began and ended. And somewhere along the line I just started watching movies period, not just horror movies in a different light as right. I started to learn film more and and do it produce it myself to where I could see things and, and whether I enjoyed the movie or not was kind of irrelevant and it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy people always ask oh do you just not enjoy things are you sitting there critiquing I'm like no absolutely not In, in reality it just it makes me watch them differently and I enjoy different aspects of it and so I can go back and watch you know a horror movie or some real old movie that may not like hold a lot of entertainment value and i can just appreciate what what it is they're doing and so for that reason i have i've been able to en- enjoy some horror movies but it's still something that that admittedly uh, like we said me and Nathaniel aren't that into and so we did a little homework you, you gave right? us you yeah, gave man. us a few now, a few movie- movies to
2: now you you said you watched psycho when you were 10 yeah and you weren't like is <laughs> this <laughs> so um, uh, I actually saw Psycho after I had watched whatever the latest the the last Looney Tunes movie they ever did, mm-hmm. and they have a Psycho spoof in there. Oh, how funny! Where uh, where uh, they're looking for bug the, the whoever I don't remember who the man. It's not Michael Jordan because it wasn't in Space Jam, but for some reason my brain's been Looney putting... Tunes back in yeah, action. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The film you're that? talking was about, it? I haven't actually seen it. Who is that? Brendan the... Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyways, he he, he, said, he yeah. goes and he, he goes to find Bugs Bunny. He goes into this hotel room, and Bugs Bunny's, like, in the shower singing. And so he walks into the bathroom, and Bugs Bunny, it's in black and white, and Bugs Bunny goes, ah! Like, there's a <laughs> scream. And then you see him pouring Hershey's chocolate syrup into the drain, <laughs> which is how they actually got the blood uh, effect in Psycho. Oh, mm-hmm. how funny. Uh, so, and, and I was like, what is happening? And then I watched Psycho, and I was like, oh, okay, that was actually a really brilliant reference that nobody but the adults got. Right. Yeah. But so how did you end up watching Psycho at 10?
1: Mike! My cousin Jenna and I we are the only two nerds in our family um and she um she she was always more into like uh horror and science fiction than I, than I was as a kid or at least it, she was into the more of the like adult side of that whereas I'm watching gargoyles and we both watched the X-Files together that was our thing. Mm-hmm. So funny enough I ended up I was a big Mulder fan and I went into science fiction and she's a big Scully fan and she became a nurse. <laughs> so the Scully <laughs> effect is real. You um go. that uh, no that's legit a real thing. But <laughs> yeah, that that was that was it was something that she had my uncle Tim, uh, her dad is a big uh, sci-fi horror guy mm-hmm. and so he had recorded a bunch of stuff off TV and I think that was how we got a copy of it.
3: Jason you know, horror any any previous experience? No, I uh, I was jumping in pretty much blind as well. Uh, I grew up uh, there was not a lot of, there were not a lot of horror films in my home growing up, and <laughs> I'm I wasn't trying. really <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that upset about it. But you, you,
2: you did not even like The Exorcist. <laughs> no, he <no>. that's <laughs> how yeah, I would like, Can't imagine why. Exorcist's
1: would you DVD. consider Constantine horror? No, um, I haven't seen really? Constantine. I would consider it a comic book movie.
2: Yeah,
0: it, it is, but it does has it does very play similar
1: the
2: themes genre. to. Yeah. It has a like exorcism movie though. It is, but you can have
0: multiple genres going on at the same time. It happens to be a character that that does those things. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I've watched it. (laughs) He just happens... He's he's a superhero who happens
2: to be in a horror
3: movie.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of feel the same way about Alien, which is my favorite film of all time, so...
3: I'd say with Constantine, like, the TV show is more in the supernatural horror kind of genre than Mm -hmm. the movie would be.
2: What about Supernatural, the show? Because I watched the heck out of that.
1: Now, you're going to have to talk to me about that, because that's when I'm kind of waiting to watch until it finishes, because there's 8,000 seasons. Uh, (laughs) Honestly,
2: so here's my brief opinion on Supernatural. It was Mm -hmm. awesome, Mm -hmm. and then they clearly intended to end after the fifth season, and so then after that, it got really
1: bad. We're on, like, season 15 now, though, right? I know. Wow.
2: I know the I, the villains the 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 main so it was like it, it it kind of alternates between there's a lot of episodic stuff but there's also these big overarching plots with um, their family and you know supernatural stuff that's going on the the after the fifth season it was clearly meant to end and then like six and seven the villains were these fish people thingies that were just not scary or terrifying or interesting. Uh, and apparently, it got better. Okay. Like they they yeah. they they made it more interesting.
3: I was going to say it's um, it's a roller coaster ride.
2: Yeah, one. but but the first five seasons are really good.
1: I mostly got interested because they did a Scooby Doo episode. And yes, they I they absolutely did. They, they do a lot.
2: They do a lot of well, they do a lot of horror horror reference stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the the Scooby Doo episode, they actually go into the animated series and turn it into an actual horror. That's perfect. Thing. Yeah, that's pretty great.
2: And they also had a really interesting meta episode where. I like meta. There's, like, a different dimension where... I don't remember if it was a different dimension. I don't remember exactly what the plot was. But it's basically mm-hmm. similar to the Star Trek one where he's the writer, mm-hmm. one of the main angel guys who is absolutely hilarious in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, like, writing the supernatural show. Mm-hmm. And then somehow one of the killers in the show comes into the onto the set and starts killing people on the set. It was, mm-hmm. it was actually a really good episode. But, but yeah, it's, like, twenty ten billion. I don't understand why it's still going. Mm-hmm. It's making money. I would say, there apparently. you go. <laughs> but I would say, but yeah, that, that was definitely horror. But I, I, I do
1: believe it ends
2: this year. Yeah, okay. yeah, it does. Maybe maybe I'll go back and, and rewatch the rest of the seven seasons I haven't watched. <laughs> what the heck? I watched eight seasons of the show and there's still a hundred episodes. Well, let's see. There's still what two hundred episodes I haven't seen. It's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about these movies. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about these movies. So, do so right. um, do we want to talk about the movies, or do we want to go into sub subgenres and then bring those movies up as we go, or do you want to just talk about those three movies and then jump into subgenres?
1: Well, we we, you know, we got four, four movies. movies here. Four and, movies. Yeah. And um, I kind of like to go chronologically because I think I think you can see like the evolution of the genre as we do that. So okay. So to start, um, I, I <clears throat> just just for your um your broad overview. The movies that we watched this week were um, uh, zombie horror, so I chose Night of the Living Dead, 1968, uh, horror comedy, uh, which was Dark Star, 1974, Halloween, uh, which is 1978. Um, Classic slasher. Um, I, I would argue that it was the first true yeah. slasher yeah. Um, as well. And then uh, Silence of the Lambs, 1991. So, um, Let's get started with Night of the Living Dead. Uh, so, had you guys seen Knock of the Living Dead before?
2: I saw the Day of the Dead remake with thing Got it. Okay. Which is okay. Never seen it, but I think I have liked it the best out of a three.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
2: I thought it was a solid movie, although, uh, uh, what a bummer of an ending. I know, right? Oh. We're going to no, talk no about No spoilers, that. but it was, uh, well, no, we'll spoil
3: it. It's a movie it, from it 1968. Came out in We're going to spoil it yeah. in quite a yeah. few years if you haven't seen it.
1: Spoil it. Yes. So Jason, what okay. did you think about it? I was
3: going to say, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I, I,
0: I found, I just like the evolution of what zombies mm-hmm. are, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, because you have to understand, like, this is this, it's essentially, it claims to be like the first.
1: Kind of so so the of idea
2: zombies. of zombies had existed before
0: right. this it, movie. It's
1: not the first zombie sure. movie. yet. Yeah. But but
2: zombies like walking dead people. Well, no, see zombies had movie. typically been like a voodoo thing where right. someone gets cursed and they're in this state where whoever cursed them has control over them mm-hmm. and they have some of the traits of zombies. But this was really the first thing where Zombies were these reanimated dead bodies that that transmit the whatever whatever R- it is through by killing bite. people. Yeah, right. so so it was almost like when somebody would die, then yeah. they would join the horde yeah. of people and and eating the flesh, which that always never made sense to me because like okay, you bite someone and they become a zombie, you eat someone, do their little do their bits become a zombie?
1: That's a wonderful and, and,
2: question. And why is there no zombie well, on zombie well, cannibalism? Because okay, so, so you the need br- energy. The, the brain has to function. The body,
0: obviously. Right. Yes. So so if the so brain is
1: not functioning, a, you can't you be a zombie. You cut the
0: arm off of a zombie. The, arm, the zombie's arm, presumably, at least for my knowledge, would would be limp. But it, just, it depends did, on which zombie movie you're, through you're watching. Through the brain, right. you know, you'd still be working. Um, however, it is a good point that like once somebody's bit and they turn into a zombie, it's like. How are those people not just eaten completely? Like, how is it always like they get bitten and like the zombies take well, them? Well, I, I, then... I think
1: I think the little girl in, yeah. in the movie so kind of answers girl that. As, like, she got bit, but they got away. Right.
2: Right. If, if I might just pull out a little bit of biology here, and this is not this this is not just <laughs> anyway, this zombie movie. This is like all zombie movies have kind of this issue. Is um, the skulls are really
3: thin? <laughs> no, okay,
2: because so, first of all, uh, so I. Uh, Walking Dead. I watched mm-hmm. the first episode and the first half of the second episode. and Then I fell asleep and I was like, I can't. This show's yes, so I boring. Never I just, it, that. It's it's. So, I was like, how did you make a zombie apocalypse boring? It boggled I watched my mind. it purely because it's
0: zombie apocalypse, and yeah. I was like, this is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. But it's it's so boring. But okay, so well.
2: so the first thing you see is he's, he he gets out of the hospital and he's going through the city, and there's a tank, and I'm like, okay, how do zombies beat a tank? This is something that doesn't make sense. Is If you're spreading through saliva, saliva is a garbage disease vector. Just a really garbage disease vector. So if you're only (laughs) spreading through bite, first of all, they're slow-moving. Second of all, they're corpses, so they're going to decay. It takes, like, a couple days, and your flesh is falling off. Uh, (laughs) Thirdly, Second Amendment... At least in the South, you're not having a zombie uprising. In the South <laughs> and in like Montana, there are no zombies.
0: Like, like if they just gave like a map, like if there was ever like a news station for zombie uprising, it would just show like like the most effective areas. Like the whole entire like Texas, just like no outbreaks, zero, yeah, zero but, outbreaks. Like, there
2: were a couple, and then Montana, were by outbreaks. Wyoming, the zero outbreaks, Wyoming, zero outbreaks, Midwest, zero outbreaks. There's like one outbreak in California. <laughs> because they were like, oh, it's we can't kill the zombies. People too. So what, what,
1: what you're saying? Is, what I'm saying
2: is, Walking um, Dead
1: being set in Atlanta is unrealistic. A <laughs> uh,
2: little bit, a little bit, a little bit. The, just the idea that that you could get this kind of unstoppable force. It just doesn't. I, that's always bothered me. If it was an airborne disease, then yeah. But then it's like hiding doesn't help you. But that's why I found this one, this movie, pretty interesting because yeah. it contrasts
0: what we're like. We're kind of used to zombie, like what absorbing and watching zombie movies in like this huge like like what is it it's World War Z is that what the movie's called like yeah, where it's like, right. like that was a
1: book first.
0: Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. I mean and it's taking place during the zombie apocalypse yeah, right. you you yeah. have all of like the uh Resident yeah. Evil's like a hundred and it's it's more about Yeah. But
2: the apocalypse But this itself. movie actually talked about that. The whole point right. was they, they that that when they didn't understand what it was, that's when it was spreading. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they figured out what it was, they rallied and they're like we're just gonna wipe everything out and they did it. Yeah. So, so I thought that was probably the best treatment of a zombie apocalypse I've seen mm-hmm. in a movie. Because most of the other apocalypses, it's just like taken as given. This is just this is and, life now. And you could
0: appreciate it at the time to where it's like people that don't understand like the idea of a zombie are getting the information as the people in the house are getting the information yeah. from these little yeah. news stations from like the radio, and they're getting little bits of information. And I can just imagine as a viewer feeling like you're locked in that house with these people and feeling like that fear that they're having and, and getting little bits of information here and there to try to understand as opposed to watching it now. I'm just like, all right, well, they're zombies, guys. Like, you're going to realize that you just shoot them in the head and they're dead. But, like, 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 kind of appreciating that this was
2: kind of the first, first zombie. Yeah, and and again, I think they did a I – I thought the movie did a really good job of dealing with, oh, no, once people figure out that all you have to do is shoot them in the head – they're, they end the apocalypse, and, and it did, It, yeah. and it, yeah. started, it like you got to shoot
0: him in the head, and then you got to burn the bodies. It was. It didn't waste any time either. Yeah. It was just like, hey, we're, like we're here visiting our dead grandma, and there's a zombie. Yeah, and it eats yeah, your brother, and you drive scene. away, and you get stuck in a house, and it's like all that happens in like five
2: minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now then, the middle did plot a little bit, but I thought, and and I saw, I was watching something that was um, complaining about how the the girl, I don't remember any of the characters' names, Barbara. Barbara. Mm -hmm. How Barbara was kind of, you know, a dead fish the whole time. But I thought you did really, like, she's clearly just in shock.
1: And incapable
2: of doing anything. Right. So.
0: Yeah, I think
1: that was realistic. And
0: they try to play, like, that she's part zombie, right?
1: Yeah, like, she, I I wouldn't even say that she's part zombie, but, like, she's so.
2: She's just in shock.
1: Yeah, she's in such shock, and she's so scared, like, she's basically, she's practically catatonic for all.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yes. there's those scenes where, like, like the the girl lights the match and she kind of backs off a little bit. And we thinking, did she get bit? And yeah, like, is she really having this yeah. like this like sensitivity towards the the flame? Mm. Um, and to, so there was even some mystery for me. Mm-hmm. Who here we are? Whatever, however many years later, and there's still some some value yeah. there for for a new yeah. viewer. So
2: so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was really well crafted. I thought that uh, you know the people acted intelligently, which is something that you sometimes see in right. horror movies, people act the dumbest way possible to right. get the best kill, so they were intelligent, they were, like, boarding on, and they, you know, they had arguments about what's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two people who blew up in the truck, it, uh, how do you not, how are you that bad at fueling your truck, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, that was on you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jason, do you have thoughts on that?
3: Well, I was gonna say, my expect, like, it, uh, it did subvert my expectations a few times, like, I was thinking... Which is interesting, because this
2: was, like, the first one. Yeah.
3: yeah. I was thinking the escape at the end, one that they would escape at the end mm-hmm. and that it would basically be what they'd set up. They talked about the car not being far away. Her brother had the keys My expectation was for him to show back up, her to be psychologically freaked out by the fact that he's a zombie, but then they get the keys and, Mm -hmm. you know, run away. Mm -hmm. But there were quite a few times, and, you know, the thing with them playing with her as potentially a zombie was pretty cool, too.
1: Yeah, and that was something I'd never really thought about before, and I've seen the film a few times, so good good call, Greg. I I did have a couple of notes um, on here. Um, I think... First of all, this, this is a film in black and white. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you want to watch it in color, there is a colorized version for free right now. Uh, I think black Emma and John white Prime. adds to the
2: mystique and right? horror of it. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, and because I, I, um, George Romero plays a lot with light and shadow. And I think that is really important to this film because you... What makes it scary is you don't always get a good look at everything, mm-hmm. um, so you don't know what's coming at you. Except for
2: naked butt zombie.
1: Ex- uh, so <laughs> I'm going to talk about naked butt zombie. Um, Which we
2: hey, we we actually rerolled. We we're like, wait, did, is that was that just a naked zombie? It, like, it, yeah. Oh my so, gosh. So
1: um, so we're, I'm going to um, make a note to talk about that later when we come naked back around butt to zombie. horror satire. Naked um, so.
2: Zombie. We yeah. also had uh, had uh, slinky wacky bombings. wavy inflatable <laughs> intestines. There's there's one scene uh, later on that the, the intestines were like really oh, good. yeah, yeah But yeah. there's one scene. The second time you see Naked But Zombie, and Naked But Zombie is suddenly really, really dirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but everyone's closing in on the house, and there's one guy, there's one zombie who has like this little piece of intestine, and he's just doing this. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, guy, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? He's like, he's like wiggling <laughs> right, it back and right, forth. Right, right, right. Like, all right, someone didn't give that guy the best
0: direction. <clears throat> but that's the thing. Like these are like the first, these are the first people being told act like zombies. Like, yeah, like like yeah. it's been so mm-hmm. morphed to where now you watch like regardless of how bad The Walking Dead is it's pretty trash but like mm-hmm. you look at how ridiculous the zombies look mm-hmm. I mean there's like that's pretty much what the whole show yeah. is about is like yeah. how crazy good can we make our makeup mm-hmm. artists and make these robotic mm-hmm. zombies and like mm-hmm. and they're so intense and then here you have the first look at zombies and it's pretty much just a guy with some like paint on his face and he's like playing with the yo-yo it looks <laughs> like it's intestines and it's like and just see where it starts and where it gets to is so interesting because for them at the time it's not, it's not like mm-hmm. they had this idea of like oh it's gotta look like what The Walking Dead looks like now now for them, like
2: that was zombies, like that's mm-hmm. they were did a perfectly good job of doing it because it was... also that that first zombie looked like he was from the Adams family.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, he did look <laughs> like Lurch. He, he, like, on top like, <laughs> he wasn't a zombie, he'd
2: be a creepy dude. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like Lurch, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, so, uh, and one other thing that I so I think the true horror of Night of the Living Dead is not the zombies, mm-hmm. it's what happens to Ben,
2: yes, 100%. Um,
1: so. If you've never watched Night of the Living Dead...
2: Pause, go watch pause, it. Pause, go not watch long. It.
1: it. It's hour and a half or so. But, like, this is... Spoiler alert. Um, so, Dwayne Jones, who's who plays Ben... Who is um, fantastic. He's yeah, amazing. He's really um, so, some, some background about his casting. Uh, when George Romero did the casting call, he didn't have uh, a person of color in mm-hmm. mind. Um, or if anyone of any particular race in mind. He just chose the best actor. And that ended up being Dwayne Jones,
2: who is massive. Yeah, so tall. Yeah. Guy, I, I like, know. I, I noticed that. Like I was like, I was
1: like, dude, is really, really tall. Um, the fact that you uh, just his his race, him being a black man, creates a, a whole other layer of tension within the film uh, between him and the guy who was hiding out in the basement. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, and, then, and then at the end, he you know <clears throat> Ben is the last one standing, and he gets shot. Because they see, you know, the the um, the militia just sees somebody moving in the house. They don't take the time to find out is it a human or is it a zombie, and they just shoot him right in between the eyes. And then the thing that kills me is if you watch the credits as the credits are rolling, you see them, you know, yeah, they you get drag these the body out shots, they throw them
2: on the funeral just, fire, just
1: stills of of how they drag them out, and they're using freaking meat hooks. Yeah, yeah. So they
2: don't want to touch the bodies.
1: Yeah, I. I that, to me, was, like, the most disturbing, heartbreaking thing about this film is, you know, you just, you create, like, a whole other layer of discussion because the lead is a black man and how he was killed. Mm-hmm. So, I, 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 and for that to be 1968, that's huge. Yeah. Um That is, I mean, that is a that is a big deal and it's, it's worth discussing. Um Last year, two years ago, I got to uh, be part of a Mythgard Movie Club discussion. That's on YouTube if you guys want to. Go watch, uh, look that up, but we talk about that in Living Dead. So um, yeah, just and that's that's one thing that we touched on for. Uh,
2: and he Romero made like twelve more, right? Something. There, some there's there's quite a
1: few sequels. I've only seen.
2: Um, and and like Planet of, of the Apes name too. Dawn, Dawn of the, the Dead.
1: dead. Uh, I think uh, that's the whichever one is in the mall. I've seen I that one.
2: Believe that's Day of the Dead. Day yeah.
1: of the Dead. Excuse me. Yes, I've seen that
3: one. I think one of the things um, again that makes it even more horrifying just watching it today is we're so desensitized to like the zombie thing Mm because that's basically a genre in and of itself oh absolutely yeah and so where some of that horror aspect is lost on us Mm -hmm. that ending that kind of visceral ending there and then the you know credits Mm -hmm. afterwards are you know okay that's not something we were expecting right right
0: even in in, like the idea of making them like you could have just continued the movie on to show them take him out like the way that they did to the fire mm-hmm. and to choose to do it in a way that almost seemed like these are, it almost seemed like a documentary at that point. It was almost oh, like, yeah. and this is what happened to the guy and these are pictures of like like what happened after that. And it's like like mo- movies that, that make a distinct purposeful choice to do that stuff. I, I always pay attention to, to why they're doing it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it adds so much to where your point, and I didn't view it the first time this way, but it that really is, I mean, the whole... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where the horror lies. It's right yeah. there. It, it's the yeah. idea that, like, the zombies were, were menacing and they were a little creepy, yeah. but in reality, it was the tension that was building between people even right. in the house. Mm-hmm. It was the arguments that were happening that, that seemed so close at times to one person betraying the other one letting them die mm-hmm. for their own sake and then going back and forth until, until finally they're all essentially working together, but they all die off until it's just the one guy left. And then it's more people... Mm-hmm. you know unintentionally but they just walk through and kill him and it's yeah it's just it's just such a an interesting way to to, to set up a movie yeah. and a story
2: also one uh i thought the second most shocking moment in the movie other than ben's death is when angry man gets the gun away from from ben and they wrestle over it and Ben gets it back and then just shoots him yeah and it's like I'm, I'm done. I'm
3: done dealing yeah. with you. Yeah he, yeah, he
2: had there was a couple
0: chances where like first is when he, he like locked him out essentially, mm-hmm. then he gets back in. Oh yeah, like they ben, nail up ben, the doors ben, and yeah. then he beats the crap out of him. Ben just punches the heck out of him a bunch of times and then yeah, like after he gets the gun back, it's just
2: like I'm, you're done. You yeah, had like, your chance and he shoots him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Romero had six six films stretching to 2009 was yeah. the latest?
1: I mean, he only died um, just a couple of years. And ago. they are
2: very Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Survival of the Dead was 09? Wow,
1: yeah,
2: watch that one.
0: See, see, see his oldest and his newest would be interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, do you guys have further thoughts on Night of the Living Dead? I'm going to make a couple other recommendations within the zombie horror mm-hmm. genre. But sure. if you guys have anything else you want to talk no. about,
2: I have further thoughts about zombies. Uh, I, I thought it was a great movie. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, we were set we were mentioning uh, all the all the filming, the film mm-hmm. stuff. They clearly like put a box around the. The camera they were using I just filmed.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and some of the effects were were kind of hilarious, but I thought the gore was really the well gore done. was like, yeah,
1: yeah it's, it still looks good yeah. today. Yeah,
2: practical effects, baby, can't yeah. beat them.
1: Yeah, no, it sure can.
2: And that's one of the things with 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 a lot of horror movies is. The practical effects they've done are a horrifying and b like really they get really right. creative yeah, with the stuff.
4: Yeah, so no, When I... you
2: didn't have the access to to kind of fill in the gaps of no, even nowadays, stuff. even nowadays, right. the stuff they do to get practical shots, it's really cool. Yeah. What? Well, I mean,
0: because it's it's so much harder. It really is so much harder, and it's not to, to just totally you know crap all over digital art. I mean, digital art is amazing. You get some people that spend a ton of time and make stuff look incredible but it's just so much easier than practical stuff and Mm -hmm. so back in the day when you didn't have the access to and you were forced to use the practical stuff mm -hmm. it not only usually looks better but you can appreciate it more because you're like wow this person really like if the scene
2: had to be redone they had to find a new arm (laughs) if i might get get a little weird i think the reason one of the big reasons that practical effects look so much better is because fluids are really hard to model realistically So, like, the blood spraying, it's very obvious when that's not real because it looks off. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so when they have just, like, a hose and it's just spurting, you know, red Gatorade everywhere, it looks much more real. Even if you're like, no one has that much blood in their entire body. <laughs> you're still so like, well, it's but it's moving in a realistic way like it was spraying out of something. So so I think if, for fluids and particles, practical effects, it'll it it'll be a very long time, I think, before CGI can, can mimic that sort of random... Pattern mm-hmm. in a realistic way. Yeah. But
1: Jason, do you I, but, have any other
2: thoughts? No, I'm good. Okay. But uh, as far as zombies, I'm just thinking of Zombieland.
1: Zombieland is, is wonderful.
2: Such a good movie. That's
1: a great film. So, good,
2: right?
1: so um, recommend- would, would,
2: would you consider that horror comedy? Uh,
1: I would call that horror comedy. I would also maybe kind of slide that in under uh, horror satire as well. Yeah.
2: Well, zombies have been done to death, so right. they, like they, I feel like a lot oh, of their to, a lot of their <laughs> scariness has kind of been they become the sort of just. Right plot device now right. uh but i thought one of the more interesting takes on it was i zombie
1: i have not seen that but i know what you're talking about.
2: it was pretty decent it was a little a little kitschy but mm-hmm. the 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 plot is this girl becomes a zombie right. and when she eats a brain she absorbs the memories of that person so she goes to work for the police and works in like the coroner's uh, office and they always have this thing where she's like preparing the food almost hannibal-esque <laughs> the problem is the brain they use is like pink yeah. Like, have you ever seen a brain? It's gray. It's like sludgy gray, nasty. It's right. not gummy and pink. It looks like bubble gum. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> All right. So, um, if you want to watch more zombie horror, if you want to watch the very first zombie movie, um, 1932's White Zombie is the first one.
2: It's not a band? White Zombie is a
1: drink. Yeah. Uh, say it is also a beer from Catawba Ruin Company. Yeah. Uh, if you like white ale, it's a it's a good one. If you want your, if you prefer your zombies fast uh, as opposed to slow, I recommend tw- Twenty Eight Days Later.
2: Mm-hmm. Are they are they technically dead in
1: that one? I mean, I realize it,
2: I realize it, for all intents and purposes it's a zombie film, but are those actually corpses in that one, or are they just uh, infected? You
1: know, I've only seen it once, and it was about ten years ago, so <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. But I remember liking it. Um, and then, if you want more of the zombie uh, voodoo, uh, I recommend Wes Craven's The Serpent and the Rainbow. I got to see that a couple years ago; it was pretty interesting.
2: When did you make that?
1: Uh. I want to say it's 93, something like that. Um, but yeah, The Serpent and the Rainbow. You guys ready to talk about yeah. horror comedy? This, Let's this do is do No, wait, we're doing Dark Star next. Dark Star, really? yes, 1974. So if you are unfamiliar with Dark Star, uh, this is a film by <laughs> John Carpenter and Dan O'Bannon.
2: Boy, it was a trip.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, and um, th- I-, I chose this one for a couple of reasons. One, John Carpenter is my favorite horror director. Two, uh, Dan O'Bannon took... This script and rewrote it into Alien, which is my favorite film of all time. So, um, I think Dark Star is interesting because it did start out as a student film, and um, when it had a wider, <laughs> which is very apparent, rem- very apparent <laughs>
2: uh, when it the had special a- effects, are out of this world uh, uh,
1: <laughs> really? uh, space movie, uh, what I enjoy about it the the film when it was it would have got a wider release people didn't know what to do with it um so i think this film is an an important lesson in genre matters (laughs)
4: Uh,
1: because people did not could not figure out is, is this a horror movie Um, Or is this a comedy? Mm -hmm. And so they couldn't figure out whether to laugh or cry and therefore did not know what to do with the movie and it did not do well because of that. So if you watch the... um, I borrowed the DVD from Netflix because I still get those. Um, (laughs) And uh, if you watch um, the DVD, uh, there is a Star Wars style scroll that rolls before the movie and it basically says, this is a horror comedy, it's okay to laugh. (laughs) And, and, And gives the backstory on that. So tell me what you guys thought about Dark Star.
2: First of all, why would you give your bombs intelligence? That was just they <laughs> I mean, were asking smart bombs, they were asking to spoiler alert get blown up. Yeah. yeah. Smart bombs. You don't need your bombs to be able to th- <laughs> It doesn't need to have independent thought. That was so bad. It was definitely
0: like out there for me. Well, like, it was because I, I was definitely in that in that same boat of being like it's it's almost being funny <laughs> and like I definitely laughed a few times, but yeah. it was like it was almost like if you just pushed it a little further, it would be hilarious, and then it would just all of a sudden take, like, a kind of an odd... Not serious, mm-hmm. because, like, the whole movie is just kind of ridiculous, but, mm-hmm. like, just a turn that wasn't funny. And you're just like... You're almost... Like, like, like it's just... It's a little off the whole movie. <laughs> kind
2: um, of felt like they should have just played it as a comedy. I, right. I
0: guess, yeah. yeah like, I think, I think so, just because the premise of the idea that, like, hey, here's this group of people... Who shoot these bombs at planets or stars and or dying stars? What do they do to to blow them up? These huge bombs and these are intelligent, you know, artificial intelligent bombs. And one of them malfunctions and starts to think like, "Hey, why should I go and blow up? Why should I leave the ship?" Like that's kind of a funny premise. And so it's like, yeah, you could probably build a decent comedy around that. But this was almost like it took so many detours away from that, where it was like the pizza box you know, beach ball alien thing. Okay. Was that, like, that thing was hilarious it because was, uh. it was creepy when it first starts, like, attacking the guy. It's got these alien feet. Right. Just, I was know, fully the, expecting him to die. It's a beach right. ball with alien feet, and there's this agonizingly long, like, like chase between them, question mark, <laughs> yeah. where they just, like... And this is the point in the movie that I laughed the hardest, was yeah. when he was, like, in the elevator shaft
4: like, <laughs> yes. I guess hanging on so, to the
2: edge, and this beach ball is like attacking him. <laughs> him. <laughs> so, so I him. think this is where it tilts between horror and comedy. Right. Where, where, I was like, oh, this is clearly was more more intending to be a comedy. Was right. he's stuck, and it's going to explode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, they're going to find half of the dude in the elevator, and he just walks out with it like a skirt with his hair cartoonishly blackened. Yeah, very, <laughs> I was like, okay, think. it's definitely a comedy. Yeah. But what what I found most hilarious about that was, you know, typically if you if you're using a beach ball. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, a living creature. But no, it was just straight up a beach ball because he shoots it with a tranquilizer dart and just pops it. Right. That was, <laughs> that was probably my favorite uh, moment. Yes, one so the,
1: of my the, favorite moments in the And then the he literally just,
2: favorite. it just moves on.
0: He's <laughs> like, well, whatever. It just moves on. Right, There's right. the scene where they go into, like, one of, like, the bedrooms, I guess it is, with, like, the bunk. And you it just, like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this is a student film. Because, like, <laughs> for sure, this is one of their dorms. And there's, like, a couple of bunk beds. And they're all sitting around just, like, doing... Standard like college guy things. Nicey finger that came back in Alien. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're just doing these like little silly things, sitting in a room, and you're and you're filming it for a little while. And I'm like, this is legit, just like 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 a project, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It was-
2: mm-hmm. But but having seen Alien, you can easily see what he took. Right. You know, claustrophobic space, um, cryo sleep. Just the the, the general chasing yeah. between generally yeah. the generally, fall, cha- the generally and the chased die. events the the, the dinner the, scene the dinner mm-hmm. scene the suspense the knifey finger
1: mm-hmm. some of the shots were very similar yeah. too especially yeah. like crawling and around even the, the idea game.
0: that there's a sentient robot that has a large role to play yeah. in the movie. right and uh, well and the computer inside, is
1: called mother as well yeah. You know? yeah and
0: he ultimately becomes the main villain right. of, of the movie like not even the alien you find out it's the mm-hmm. the little robot guy that's whatever. Mm-hmm. If, I remember if, if only they
3: had brought back the smart bombs, you know, <laughs> 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 would have solved a, a lot, a lot yeah. of problems. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just go
2: blow up the planet the aliens are on. Boom, bing, bang, done.
1: Um, I think that one of the other things that I think is interesting about this film is it was released in 1974. This is pre-Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, anything
0: what, didn't we? Did we see that a, a couple of times? was that, what was that I asking?
1: Yeah, it was pre-Star Wars. Yeah, it was just pre-Star Wars. So Star Wars was 77, and this is 74. So um, space films at the time were considered very, very niche. You were asking about Halloween.
2: Okay. Halloween yeah, was Yeah, Wars. Halloween
1: was 78. Okay. Anything in space was still considered very, very niche. You're not going to see a ton of things in space, and that's kind of more limited to TV because Star Trek. So I thought that was interesting about it, uh, to think about it within that context. Now, watching Dark Star, I think it's funny if you think of it more as a satire of alien. Mm. And so and that was a reverse how, satire of yeah, alien. Yeah, <laughs> a reverse satire of alien. And so uh, because that was how I came to it, I'd seen alien mm. first several times and then I watched this was like, okay, I get it. But uh you know because of how the order in which I watched them, mm-hmm. it made it funnier to me. Yeah. And you did not have that benefit if you were watching it in 1974. So, what, what, do you, what else do you guys think?
2: I don't know. It was wild. You just gotta go watch it. That, that I
0: had, yeah, I had the least, like, just because, like, mm-hmm. a, what interests me the most and what I'll probably be able to, to like, talk about the most is, mm-hmm. like, is more on the film side. And as far right. as, like, the filming aspect... That was, you know, definitely like the, yeah. Definitely you can like, learn you
2: can learn do like, from those practical like,
0: effects, it, 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 like, right. like a pizza box like moves slowly into the screen as as essentially as like as like the spaceship like right. with a black background and then it stops and then it zooms. In. It's like you know that when they turn the shield on, it's just like pink. It was fun in the context of, of the way I was watching it. Yeah. I enjoyed. I, I watched. It was definitely one where
2: it was, where me, it, was yeah, just, it was just enjoyable to watch. Because it's like they had They're clearly working with a paper thin budget, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they 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 still managed to make a movie, right? Oh, well, I,
1: I want to say the number I read this afternoon was like uh, six thousand bucks. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a low so right.
2: budget film, yeah. and right, right, right. all their budget went into those wonky spacesuits, spacesuits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> But I enjoyed it. It was it was silly.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I think just a couple of other notes, just because I'm a big John Carpenter fan. Mm-hmm. Um, John Carpenter is very uh, intertextual, so. He likes to reuse actors. So um, the uh, alien beach ball, which I kept thinking of the line from, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, you're a, uh, your heart's a dead tomato splotch with moldy purple spots. So that's what the, the beach ball looks like in my head. It's like a big moldy tomato with feet. Um, but uh, the beach ball was played by uh, Nick Castle, who is uh, the shape in um, Halloween. He's, he's Michael Myers. Oh. I thought that was interesting. Also, you kind of get um, you kind of get a little flavor for John Carpenter's directorial style. He still does a lot of interesting camera work. He does a lot of stuff with shadow he uh, and lighting. And uh, John Carpenter often writes the music for his films. Um, and so he actually did the, the, uh, the uh, Benson, Arizona. Duh, duh, duh. He actually like that wrote song. that song, yeah. Um, well, the
3: so, guy flies into the plane right, and dies <laughs> at the end. Right, right.
1: So... Um, so yeah, I, I, you you get these these kind of hallmarks of a John Carpenter film, you know, before he was quote unquote John Carpenter, you know. Mm. So I thought that I just from a fan perspective. I thought that was really interesting. Also, you get a lot of focus on visual storytelling. There's not a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Carpenter does that with his films a lot. Any other thoughts about Dark Star before I give my recommendations for horror comedy? No, uh, but I do a have a
2: recommendation for horror comedy that I know you haven't seen. Okay, so. go for it. No. Uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that one's on my list, but I have not seen it which
2: yet. Which is just, so it's Alan Tudyk or Tudick or Tudike or however you say that. Have you guys seen The Visit?
0: No. M. Night Shyamalan. New no, movie. that's also because uh, I love
1: M. Night.
2: I do like M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, I'm just going to really play I'm just gonna play a short short clip from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Go for it. Um, so you guys can get, just get a feel for... We've had a doozy of a day. A real doozy.
1: Uh, there we were. Yep. Uh, minding our own business. Yep. Making some improvements to my new house. The new house. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere... These kids started killing themselves all over my property. this one's right here. He
2: dove headfirst right into the wood chipper. <laughs> so it's 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 so funny, and it's it's clearly like it's a slasher, but you know what's actually you know what's happening, and right. so it's a slasher built on misunderstanding of, of these stupid college kids thinking that Tucker and Dale are murderers, but they're really they're literally out there to fix up their cabin, and and there's a point when when they find out that all these kids have been dying. And Alan Tudek's character is like, What am I supposed to do? Just tell the cop, Oh yeah, sure, Mr. Officer, here we were, minding our own business when these kids just came and started killing themselves over poverty And then he <laughs> couldn't think of anything to say and actually says it to the cop. It's just Ah, uh, it's 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 hysterical. It is very gory. Mm-hmm. But it is so stinking funny. I, I highly recommend it, and, for and context, Zombieland as well.
3: For context, in that clip, they are carrying like oh yeah, they're carrying the half of the, a the half of the person who dove into the wood chipper, <laughs> and the chipper's
2: on. They just like drop the legs, <laughs> like uh, uh, it's very funny.
1: One other note about Dark Star uh, that I think is important: uh, Dan O'Bannon said after you know Dark Star's um, poor reception, um, he said about rewriting the script into Alien. If I can't make them laugh, then maybe I can make them scream. Mm-hmm. So, which he did a pretty dang dang good job. So, um, recommendations. She's getting out of
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Recommendations if you want to watch some horror comedies. Um, uh, Ready or not, that came out last year was pretty great.
2: That's the one where they have to like. Oh, do you want me to not spoil it? Uh,
1: it base. I mean, it's all in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler. But yeah, it's uh, like
2: someone gets someone marries into a rich family, and right. they have this thing where they play games, and it's hide and seek. It's because the be... family
1: is a board game empire. Yeah. yeah, but um, they they have to play hide and seek, and basically, the bride has to survive the night. So
4: yeah,
1: um, so ready or not is really great. Slither by uh, James Gunn. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that one's really fun. That's got Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks. Um, really funny movie. Um, if you if you are a Walking Dead fan, I know Greg and Nathaniel kind of poo pooed on Walking Dead, but if you are a Walking Dead fan, uh, Michael Rooker is in it as well.
0: Might have poo pooed on it, but I've watched a lot <laughs> <laughs> of I, I,
1: I I, I, it. I could have watched it, so no, no it comment. From me. I got
0: so bored. The acting is really bad, but I mean, it's a zombie apocalypse. Like, how can you not enjoy that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you guys haven't had that it was many so more boring.
2: nights. boring. Um, also, the whole tank thing. We're moving on. Yeah.
1: Uh, but the other one I would recommend would be uh, Joss Whedon's original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, hmm. I think it's underrated. I think it's really fun.
3: Well, I'll also say, um, not movies-wise, but if you were looking for a good parody or a good horror comedy, um, the TV show Psych does an excellent job. They nice. basically do one per Maybe season where they, uh, there's one oh, yeah, called Tuesday Halloween. the 17th. You yeah. know, they do all kinds <laughs> of great stuff. And, Community
2: uh, also had some good Halloween episodes. They right? did. Mm-hmm. Scooby Doo, excellent horror comedy. I love Scooby Doo. Not not the movie, live action movie, or any of the new stuff. The old scrolling wheel ( склад산) Hanna-Barbera couldn't afford their
1: shoes. (laughs) (laughs) The classicos. Oh, no, I love Scooby-Doo. All right.
2: So So the next movie we watched was Halloween. Halloween. Which I've heard that riff a lot of times before I realized it was from Halloween. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Yeah, um, In vines,
2: so, of all things.
1: just It has such a great, great score. Also written by John Carpenter, but if you watch the credits you will see it's credited to the Bowling Green Symphonic Orchestra uh, the Bowling Green Symphonic Orchestra is John Carpenter
2: <laughs> uh, is he from Bowling Green
1: Kentucky? he is in fact from Bowling Green Kentucky um, uh, that's funny but uh, the uh, wasn't that's,
0: too hard of a soundtrack
1: <laughs> I don't know it's in 5-4 time which is not very common oh, um, well
0: and for sure yeah. it's iconic now and now he's a genius but I'm mm-hmm. saying at the time as far as like you hear it and you're just like oh this is just essentially like a few chords just playing like, yeah. right over and over it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really simple Billings but just just then like Oh, the, yeah. the bass underlay that yeah. you're know, like bah, sure.
1: bah, you know, like it just it builds um, especially it's really fun to watch that one in a theater because the, the music gets louder and louder and it's all around you it's very mm. fun mm-hmm. um, so Full disclosure: um, Halloween is my favorite horror film ever. Okay, um, you might
2: not like what I have to say about it.
1: Oh, it's okay. We'll fight later. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I said, you're entitled to your opinion, if, even if it's wrong. There it um, <laughs> I, there's so much that I love about Halloween. It dethroned Psycho as my favorite horror film ever. Recently, I realized that when somebody you really asked me, "Like people
2: f- getting stabbed, huh?"
1: I, I mean, with I don't. Kitchen knives. I, I, it's it's not that I particularly enjoy people getting stabbed with kitchen knives. Mm-hmm. It is the uh, monster in shadow is my favorite kind of horror film, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I think Psycho did it did it first and did it really well. And John Carpenter is a big Hitchcock fan, and I mean that shows in all of his work.
2: So, how did you feel about Bird Box, where the monsters of so shadow you literally can't see them?
1: I haven't actually seen <laughs> Bird Box, so because I I don't know I, I don't like to bandwagon, but mm. I, I do like Sandra Bullock a lot, so I will watch it eventually. It
2: was so, yeah. So so, so uh, Halloween and Alien, I had the same feeling about them. I, I think mm-hmm. they were good movies, mm-hmm. and I see how they were instrumental in what they did, mm-hmm. but I think. I would. It would have been better if I saw them before I knew anything about them, because both in Halloween and in Alien, there's a the the there's a big portion where not a lot happens. Right. And because I know what's supposed to happen, I'm just like waiting for that to happen. So this middle part is not appealing to me. Got it. And so to me, the move both both uh, Halloween and Alien plot a little bit in the in the beginning part before you get to the good stuff, and the good stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. But it just takes too long to get there, and and. If I was going in blind, I think I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me, but because I know that the alien is supposed to show up and start eating people, because I know Michael Myers is supposed to start killing people, when it's not happening and I'm just waiting, sitting there waiting for it to happen, it makes the middle part feel really long. So yeah, I mean, obviously there are certain like I just I really appreciate
0: watching like original movies of of a certain like like being like you said probably like the first classic slasher. It's like you catch on all these these huge kind of like these things that have been made fun of at this point, you know, like in the horror genre like people being stupid and 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 just kind of just like the way that horror movies develop and it being like somewhat of a pioneer of this style of doing things. you know it, it allows you to watch it a little with a little bit of like ease cuz because yeah, of course the whole time you're like, hey, this person's stupid. Like why aren't they just looking for the one car that the guy stole the whole time? You turn yeah. around and the car's <laughs> parked behind you halfway through the movie and you're like, hey, they didn't put out an APB like or car. anything. And but but then you are just like, you know, this is this is this is kind of like the first one in the jo- like that gets made fun of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road when it's like, okay, you keep using this same kind of idea where everybody's super super dumb but at the time they needed that to create the suspense of the story They they needed to just create that that wasn't what the movie was Mm -hmm. about what i really liked and i thought was interesting was the usage of and this is where as a film person i i can watch a movie like this and just really sink my teeth into it's just all the little things that they're doing to to push their movie along like even just just in the audio editing itself i mean and, and, and this is something that that horror movies still do to this day and and you know, I don't know if this is the first one to do it or if it's right around the time where, where they started paying attention to doing stuff like this, but things like dialogue in that movie are turned way, 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 way down. And the whole purpose of that is so that people turn their TVs up and they're like, okay, what are they saying, what are they saying, what are they saying? Right. And then sound effects come in and it's like, you yeah. know, like the music kicks in yeah. or all of a sudden what's this face you know comes in and stabs somebody and everything's heightened the screams are heightened but every time somebody talks it's like it sounds like they're they're down the street and then, so at first you're sitting there and you're like, oh, who, like who put this together but then it's getting you to do exactly what the right. movie wants you to do and it's doing it in a really creative way which is exactly what me and Nathaniel did was we cranked the volume up and then the next <laughs> time somebody died we were like ah! <laughs> and, and, and then I stopped and I'm like good on you movie yeah. you know well done here I am however many years later and you're still getting me
3: well one of the things i found really interesting is just the way that it was shot a lot of the times it just felt like you were looking over your shoulder you're looking over somebody else's shoulder which kind of added to that
0: That, that's that's
1: a signature john carpenter thing
0: oh and 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 those are things again from a filming perspective you got to look at at like at least the area of time where you were pioneering stuff like that because there were shots left for i mean like kind of excruciating shots where you're like okay they are like 12 houses down and we're mm-hmm. still just watching them but you're it's exactly what you said it's it's to and it starts the movie off that way with a, with a POV camera right which is I believe one of the first time it's, that, that's that' ever been done if I'm not mistaken and I say
1: I don't know for certain but that sounds right
0: yeah it, it, it's it was is it was one of these these things where it's like you don't even realize it's POV at the beginning of it. You're kind of just moving around as the camera, and I, and even as a viewer now, which where we have plenty of technology to moving around cameras as much as we want. We want to create long shots that kind of just speaks to more, um, just just a, a higher level of difficulty when you can create a longer shot, and it, it creates more realism. Um, and so it does this right off the bat. It's a really long cut where it's it, it's a POV where you're moving around the house and then you eventually make it into the house. And at this point, you don't know who you are, right? Yeah. Right. As somebody who's never seen it before, I just assumed at this point I was already the big bag slasher. And in reality, it, it cuts back at the end and spoiler it's alert, it, it's a little kid. Right. He, he kills his sister. Um And and it keeps that theme the whole time to where when you get those long extended shots, even though it hasn't been doing POV, you start to feel like you're Michael Myers sitting there around the corner watching these girls walk twelve houses down, and you're like, all right, like. I'm I'm starting to get sucked into it a little bit, even though the first few times you're like, "Why are we still on the shot? And you can't <laughs> hear anybody. There's no sound effect. That you're just you're just sitting here watching these you know these these kids. But then you're like, okay, I'm sitting here watching these kids. Like,
1: um,
2: was right, there an I'm... explanation as to why Michael hooked on to Lori? Um, or did that come later?
1: So I. 2 years ago at uh, Magnolia Moot which is a um, academic conference my grad school Signum University um, hosted in Charlotte. I actually did a presentation on the nature of canon in the Halloween series. So I have watched Yeah, it's got like five different of, timelines. Yeah, I yeah it's so really my my question is which <laughs> there's a really great uh, flowchart uh, that Paste magazine put out. It is like so, how do you like your Halloween? <laughs> and, and basically, you start with the original movie, not the Rob Zombie version. Uh, right, right. Rob Zombie is its own category; <laughs> it's its own section of the diagram. But like, and it's not even connected to any of the other flowcharts. But it's, um,
2: it's just like one, two, three, and then it's one, two, Resurrection H uh, twenty.
1: Yeah, it actually, and
2: then it's one, two, the new one. So, so, something like that. so
1: some background: John Carpenter did not want to do any sequels mm. to Halloween. Um, what he wanted to do was to create, like, an anthology film series.
2: Which is why the third one is that.
1: Right, right. So uh, the studio pushed him to do two, and so he did two. Uh, but then three, he wasn't actually really involved with three, but it was more of his original vision of doing, like, a, a, an anthology series titled Halloween, and all of the films occur at Halloween but did not necessarily have anything to do with Michael Myers or Laurie Strode.
2: And the third one was about, and now I know all this because I watch a YouTube <laughs> channel that counts kills, so I actually know, like, the plots right. of all of these horror movies right. and who dies, right. but the third one is, like, a toy manufacturing company is giving out masks that turn kids into bugs.
1: Um, it, 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 <laughs> Basically, basically it's, really it's supposed to be, be a, sense. A, a set... Sam, Sam wine or Sam or however you say it. Sam I I've heard a few different pronunciations, um, but the, um, it's supposed to, it's effectively a, a, a ritual, um, and it's, these are ritualistic sacrifices. And so all the kids wearing these Halloween masks are part of the sacrifice. They did. Um, they, they did. Um, so, so to answer that question, uh, it depends on which version of Halloween that you, uh, ascribe to.
2: Because Laurie's related to him in one of them, right?
1: In, in in two, it's revealed that Laurie is actually his sister. Right, um, and so he basically he's after trying to you know kill his other sister. If you go watch the 2018 Halloween, that's like I I love the original. I, I really love Halloween two, but I, I think the only one I love as much as the original is the one that came out in 2018, um, Halloween 40 years later. And the reason why I love that one is because it visually pays homage to every other Halloween film ever made while simultaneously ignoring all their content. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that is super interesting because you don't have to have watched all seven other Halloween films to know, to understand anything that's going on in the 2018 Halloween. There's, you get those same kinds of like POV shots from Michael Myers. You get, um, you you can see kids running around in silver shamrock Halloween masks. (laughs) Um, You've got um, some of the same shots, like the kill shots are mirrored in in some way. Lori and Michael get inverted in different ways in different shots, and I just so for me, as I'm a cinematography person, that's 50 percent of the reason I love John Carpenter is his cinematography. The directors of of the new Halloween just the, it was a it was a love letter to John Carpenter basically, and I I just really enjoyed watching everything about it.
2: Any thoughts, Jason? Before we move on, yeah, I'm oh, good. All right, let's move on to silence
1: yeah yeah and just uh, before we move on if you do like uh, slash, uh serial killer slashers um hmm. um Nightmare on Elm Street by wes craven is 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 good Friday the thirteenth um is interesting um I can't say what I think about that one without spoiling it for you and i ah. think, I think that one is the the original at least is' that's the only one I've seen but I think it's worth watching to think about it before as
4: it,
1: it's an inversion of a another horror film that I really love and I'll Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, But um, Halloween started a lot of these tropes. Uh, Greg said, if you're a topless girl, you're going to (laughs) die. Nope. Um, So um, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill did say that they didn't seek out to create that trope. It's just that it it happened because these kids, you know, they're screwing around and they are very distracted and not paying attention to what's going on around them. And that's why they die. It's not because they're having sex. I
2: I think what it is, is that serial killers just naturally have nipple Magnet, like compasses. Nip,
1: nip, oh, so as soon as you free the <laughs> nip, it. they're like, bah, 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 bah.
2: <laughs> they're all for different reasons. Yeah, like, right. all, yeah. all the top of yeah, them But, like, but, but for as soon things. as, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as you free the nip, this is it. Was teaching us a lesson: keep the nip covered, and you'll mm-hmm. live longer. Male yeah. and female. Male
1: and female. Mm-hmm. It's true. Anytime someone takes their shirt off, okay. they die. <laughs> you say, yeah, Bob. Bob lost it too. So you know, R. I. P. Bob. Okay. So uh Silence of the Lambs. Good
4: movie. Nineteen
1: ninety one. Um. It, Fun facts about Silence of the Lambs. It is the only horror film to ever win Best Picture at the Oscars. It's also important to note that that year it actually swept the big five categories at the Oscars, which I I learned that today. I thought that was really interesting. What are the big five? Um, uh, I believe that would be Best Screenplay, Best Picture, Best Actor and Actress, I think is the... uh, the, uh, Well-deserved. And then I don't know what the fifth one is, so somebody else will have to help me out with that one.
3: So Silence of the Lambs, this is for you. Okay, thank you. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I can't see Chianti in a store without having
0: oh, yes no. run in my head. Nope,
1: nope,
2: nope. So what was everybody's <laughs> first experience with this movie? I was packing up in my sophomore year in college, getting ready to go home. And I had I had at that, that time, the Netflix DVDs. And I was mm-hmm. just like, Signs of the Lamb, it's a classic, I'll watch it. So
3: I watched it while I was packing. I was like, that was really good. So I actually watched it for the first time this oh. past week. Oh, okay. Wow. And what did yeah. you think? Wow. Your you mind blown? Was oh, disturbing. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Greg, what was your first experience with Silence of the Lambs?
3: Man, I,
0: lo- I love Silence of the Lambs. Um, I I tended to break favorite movies and 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 best movies in my opinion into different categories, and I've always had Silence of the Lambs amongst the top in dialogue of, of most any movie I've seen, just because. I mean and usually when you talk about dialogue it's 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 directly related to acting it's just like how is the acting job like was it delivered well and so you have this like amazing performance mm-hmm. by by Judy Foster or is it Jodie Fos- J- Foster Jodie Foster mm-hmm. and um and, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. there we go when I first watched it it was it was after a long time of being really afraid to watch it <laughs> it right. was like I right. I don't even know the year but I just remember being like everybody saying this is one of like mm-hmm. he's one of the creepiest People in cinema history. Oh yeah. I mean, in, in, in everything, and I'd heard so much about him, and I love movie movies, and so I was like, all right, Greg, you're just gonna have to do it. And and I was, and I was, oh, it never really freaked me out. Although I thought they did such an amazing. I mean, I love this movie. I got a yeah. lot to say. It's it. really yeah. good. Yeah,
1: yeah. A uh, couple of notes. Uh, this is based on a book uh, by Thomas uh, Hay- uh, yep. Harris. Yep. It's called
2: Red Dragon, though,
0: right? Um, he, like that.
1: It's a trilogy of books. So yeah, was say. Uh, Red Dragon was the first book. Right. Uh, Silence of the Lambs is the second one.
0: Red Dragon also, have you seen the movie?
1: Uh, no, this is the only one of those I've seen in the, in the, uh, trilogy.
0: So i might do a hot take right here, so I didn't mean to interrupt no, you're good. you. you're good, Go Hot take, it. and I know this, it's, it's a much less acclaimed movie, but I like Red Dragon better than Silence of the Lambs.
1: Okay, alright.
0: So, if you guys ever hot want to take? check it out.
1: The, I, I definitely see why this was up for the, uh, Best Picture nomination, um, it's just, As a film, it's really good. Some of the things I noticed today um, watching it that I had not noticed previously um, is that when someone is talking, um, the focus, the camera focuses in on that person, and they're the only person in the shot. And the more in-depth the conversation gets, the closer you get zoomed (laughs) in. The more intense it it gets. Um, Yeah, (laughs) so this is only my third time seeing the film. I watched it last year for the first time um, just because I'm like, oh, wow, this is the only... Horror film to ever win Best Picture? I kind of want to take a look at that.
2: I deserved it. Yeah, Excellent.
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing, I something that always why, jumps out. Why don't out we at...
2: recap the plot real quick? Yeah. like, briefly recap the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it. Sure. So, uh, or... Go ahead. Okay. Go. Um, sorry, I
0: like this movie a lot. Yeah, you, you go. Away. for it. Judy Foster is on a case. She's Jodie Foster. Jodie
2: Foster. Man, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> she's here, here, here. I, let, me, let me take a stab at it. I should just call Clarice somebody. Starling. So, yeah. Clarice Starling. So she goes up to she goes up to Hannibal Lecter, and she's like, What are you doing? No. So actually, <laughs> if, if you haven't watched this um,
0: this movie the movie's actually not about Hannibal Lecter and oh, what he's no. doing. So no. so there's so there's a serial killer um, called Buffalo Bill. He calls himself Buffalo Bill. And he's like and skinning women and making them into He's clothes. doing some really nasty stuff and and he's leaving a lot of signs and so this this young investigator um, Clary Starling uh, goes and thinks it'd be a good idea to go and talk to, to Hannibal Lecter to see if he can shed some light on what he might be doing and virtually everybody tells her she's crazy and it's just amazing. So the, the the majority of the movie is about him giving her advice on how she can find this serial killer. So it's so you're getting two serial killers, both menacing and disgusting in their own way, Hannibal being a cannibal, in which he eats the people he kills afterwards, and he kinda has this pretentious, like I'm better than everybody vibe about him, and this is why he kind of feels the need to be able to kill people. It's it's not it's not motivated out of him being in- in ...inherently crazy. Like, he doesn't come across crazy. He's very well-spoken. He's very calm. This is actually, like, one of the coolest first scenes when you see him... ...is she's walking down this, this aisle of insane murderers... ...and it's getting more and more crazy. The- one time after the next, after the next. She's this next one and the next one. And they're getting so insane. And then she gets to the last cell... And it's uh, it's Hannibal Lecter, and he's standing there, all calm. And it's Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. and he's super, super kind, and he's really respectful. And th- th- they have this dialogue that you're just like, oh, like I just want to sit down and talk to this guy too. And it totally draws you in. Of and then pass. and then and then by the end, you know, he's breaking, and you know, no spo- mm-hmm. like spoilers ahead, but he's breaking out, um, and he's eating people and mm-hmm. and cutting them open, and and you're like. <laughs> okay movie you got
2: me <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean eating people what else is there <laughs> <laughs> it is an incredible, it's movie. An incredible yeah. movie and I, I yeah. especially like that because they, they always talk about how good of a psychologist he is right. mm-hmm. and then there's like the one inmate that does something really nasty and is just like being crazy rude to Clarice and then the next time she comes back that inmate is dead and they're like mm-hmm. yeah he just killed himself and like what happened well Hannibal was just whispering to him all night
1: yeah, yeah, um, and and that was Wasted, that is yeah. <laughs> um, so something that I thought was interesting about him as a villain is that um, what makes him scary is not that he eats people;
4: mm-hmm.
1: it's uh, that he uh, he's a psychologist and he gets in your head, mm-hmm. and that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I one of the things I, I one of the reasons I think this this did better at the Oscars than a lot of other horror films do is that um, it's more disturbing than horrifying. Yeah, the focus is not necessarily on the gore, though there is some really disturbing and horror, disgusting yeah. images in this film. Um, it's 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 a it's kind of like a iconic psychological horror film uh, yeah. because the the horror is in your head.
2: Yeah, it's very cerebral, unlike a lot of slashers, right. which you know some slashers would ha- will have some interesting subtext, but you know, mm-hmm. if you're just watching a lot of slashers, it's just like, oh, yeah, you're just going to go chop up some cheerleaders because your nipple radar is going crazy. <laughs> um, whereas this one was very much about mind games. Right. right. And about, you know, the the horror of the human condition, because there's no supernatural murderer. It's just crazy, yeah, it's, evil people.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that he's super strong or that he um, is possessed or anything like that. He's just a downright evil guy. And he eats and, people, and that's terrible. And
0: he's and he's a genius, yeah. which is yeah, scary and he's so
1: smart, and that's what makes him terrifying. When
0: yeah. you're like every every scene he's in, he's almost confused, like he's he's tricking you as a viewer yeah. to where mm-hmm. by the end you're like, oh, you should go talk to Hannibal again. He probably mm-hmm. gave you some good advice, and you're like, uh, like maybe you should be a little more careful. And that's mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. whole tension that the movie's building is. She keeps wanting to go back to him because he is giving. I mean, he's essentially solving this case right. for her. And he's slowly kind of asking for a little bit more. He's like, just get, ask like, if they can give me some books after. And they can give me some paper to, to draw things, thing. You know? And, and and eventually, you're like, yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. We need it. And you don't realize. And then by the end, the movie gets you. And is like, ha. Like, like, you were the one that was fooled by Hannibal the whole time. Because, and, and he pulls this stunt that's like, Even at the time, like, when I watched I knew it was happening. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was going to come. But, man, at the time, to not have seen a a scene like that where you cut somebody's face off and put it on your face as you're the dead person. Like, what a ridiculously menacing, like, moment where you have, like, him laying there looking like... Like Like like, he's dead. Yeah, he's he's looking like the guard because he's got the guard's face on his face. And they're like, oh, he's still alive. We need to rush him to an ambulance. And then as they start to realize it, I think she gets a phone call in the ambulance that they're like... You need to get out right now and then you see him lift up like, like he right. sits uh-huh. up in, in in the bed behind her and yeah. you know stabs her with the, yeah. with the surgical we light. got
3: him on <laughs> well and I think like even at the end of the films going back to what you're speaking about you get that phone conversation at the end and you're like as a viewer just lulled back in again because yeah. he's right. cut the he's cut the crazy back off and yeah. he's mm-hmm. being manipulative again
0: right. and, and and this is why so I, I won't talk a ton about Red Dragon, but if you guys haven't seen it, man, you need to see it. it the acting lineup... And so Red
2: Dragon in, is like when they catch him at the end of Red so, Dragon, So Red right? Dragon... Because that leads into Silence. So, so the Say beginning that. of Red
0: Dragon is, 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 is... So Red Dragon is about the detective who caught him. Right. But it's not necessarily about his case. It's about this detective going like on another case. Oh, um, okay. But but he... he it, it, there is a scene that's similar to the Silence of the Lambs scene, and it's my favorite scene in the movie. And it's... um. Uh, it's the guy from Fight Club, wow, what's his name? Uh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton. So Ed Norton is the detective and he's sitting there with um, with Hannibal and he's like, you know, I just thought it might be fun for you to see if you can catch, you know, I brought you the case just it might be fun for you to see if you, you're smarter than the guy I'm trying to catch. And then Hannibal goes, oh, by implication, does that mean you're smarter than me? And he's like, he kind of laughs, he's like, no, I know I'm not smarter than you. And he goes, well, how did you catch me? And he's like, you had disadvantages. And he goes, disadvantages? And he's like, you're a psychopath. What did you say? And it's like, it's such a great scene because all of a sudden you, and, and it goes to him and he kind of like stops and he looks and he, it's like, it's like it's sinking into him that no matter how brilliant and talented and smart and and the, how much the audience can get sucked into that, like, Ed Norton is just like, yeah, you're crazy. Like, like he's literally like, you're you're insane. Or that's what he says. He says you're insane. he's mm-hmm. He's like, that's the advantage I had is that you're insane. And you're like, oh, like, we have to keep this in mind. And it's almost like when you play a villain to have such a a good motive almost like, like we can take Thanos as because he, he's been the kind of the modern day revered villain as being like, well, you can really sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can sympathize, like, you, oh, you can't obviously. He wants Killmonger. to kill, ha- yeah,
1: Killmonger would be the one I would sympathize with. There you with go, like, 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 you can
0: sympathize with him, but then you're drawn out of that to realize, okay, but the solution can't be to go, like murder everybody then right. right like like so and and it, it's done i think it does it in in this movie and, and again it's done in red dragon but it's the same feel it's happening in silence to silence where you know you're getting so drawn into how good like he just seems so good you know he <laughs> seems and, and you want to have conversations because even the way he talks is so intelligent and he's helping you with these things but then you're like yeah you're insane like you just like it's just like hey just just reminding you like like that you think you're better than everybody And you're sitting over here i think the be- the beginning scene in in red dragon is him you know essentially like not to, it's just is not isn't gonna spoil the movie but like he, he 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 murders somebody because they were bad in an orchestra like he loves going to watch this orchestra and there's one player who's bad and then and then he has the orchestra over and feeds them food, and they're like, "What is this?" He's like, "You wouldn't believe me if I told you." <laughs> and you know, it's presumably the the, the the bad player in the orchestra. And so he he has this kind of sense of superiority over all these people, and to have that scene where Ed Norton's just like, "You're a psychopath," like like you're 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 insane is like it was
2: so humbling, and I like, I loved it so much. It's like stuck it to him. Ed Norton's just like,
4: "He's too dangerous
1: He's too dangerous." <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, we're, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. So. All right,
1: so just, just a couple Final of... Final thoughts. Yeah, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Um, I think there's an interesting, like, kind of sub-dynamic going on in the film with some of the um, things that Clarice faces as a woman, mm-hmm. um, where, like, she walks into um, the guy who's the, the main dude at the asylum, and uh, he, he basically, like, flirts with her, and she's like, oh, no, 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 we're not here to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, um, then you've got you know, the dynamic of um, Scott Glenn's character, her um,
3: for lack of better
1: terminology commanding officer, where the way that he says he says something like, oh, well, not not in front of the lady or whatever. And, and, and she she calls him on it. She's like, um, the men follow your lead. You can't do that to me because they're going to treat me differently. And I, you know, if they're going to treat me differently, that, that, I mean, this isn't going to work. And even later in the helicopter, when he says, no, you know, we couldn't have done this without you. Nobody's going to forget that, especially not me. And, and like, it seems like she's, she's doing like the brunt of the work. She's getting Hannibal to tell her all these things, but she's not getting the credit for it. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think there's, there is a certain... Dynamic that I identified with as a woman because I've had that happen to me before. Mm-hmm. That I thought it was it was important to see that play out. Um, I also really appreciated the positive portrayal of a Southern person because I'm a Southern person and I get exhausted of yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> people <laughs> acting like we don't wear shoes or we don't have all our teeth and,
0: <laughs> um,
1: and so uncivilized. And
0: I mean, like exactly. su- such a Southern like like her accent is so yes, iconic yeah. too. And
1: I was so angry Pretty when I found out Jodie Foster is from California. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Again, this is this is Connor Trenier all over. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: like yeah. we said earlier, zombie apocalypse happens so,
1: Hey, you know You, you want to South. be in the South <laughs> 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 yeah, fine, yeah. Um, If you want to watch other psychological thrillers, psychological horror films uh, Psycho is kind of the Pretty the, fantastic. The, the, the iconic classic one um, And I would also say The um, Invisible Man The one that mm. just came out this year with Elizabeth Moss Fan-friggin-tastic really? okay. You ever um, watch
2: Fallen with Denzel Washington?
1: I have not I have. I am really behind on my Denzel movies
2: So that one's really interesting. I don't want to spoil the ending, because it Mm -hmm. it has an amazing ending. Mm -hmm. Um, But the general plot is, Denzel tracks down the serial killer, Mm -hmm. who his calling card was he would eat cereal with a bunch of sugar in it. It was a weird calling card. (laughs) Anyways, he he goes to this guy's execution, and the guy basically tells him, uh, I'm going to be back. And Mm -hmm. the serial killer gets murdered, and then a couple days murdered he gets he He get. they kill him he gets executed and and then a couple you know like a week later someone else gets murdered and get the same calling card is left so like is it a copycat killer what's going on and it turns out that it's actually this is not a spoiler because it's revealed pretty early in the movie um it's actually this demon named azazel that can jump from body to body so it's kind of a supernatural psychological and so it's denzel trying to figure out how do i beat this demon that can possess anyone Hmm. Huh. Um, and the reason he latches onto Denzel is because for some reason he can't possess Denzel. So it's really interesting. Um, it plods a little bit in the middle.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a little little slow in the middle. But, oh boy, the ending is phenomenal. I think John Goodman's in it too. But, man, the ending is a, is a, is a ride.
1: John Goodman's fun to watch in a horror movie.
2: And that came out in, like, 2006, I want to say. Okay. Um... Oh, and Secret, Secret Window great. came out
0: around that time, too. Which one? Secret Window, Johnny Depp.
1: Oh, yeah, that yeah, Secret yeah. Solid. Mm-hmm.
3: So, before we move on, I really did enjoy the movie, but one of the things I was realizing as I was watching it is um, just how many things that I've enjoyed that it's actually was like a precursor to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one of the two shows that I've watched a lot of, uh, I really enjoyed the show Criminal Minds, mm-hmm. which is very much along the same lines, um, but the one that I was really seeing parallels to is I watched... Uh, the blacklist with james ah, spader a yeah, while yeah, back yeah. which essentially is a uh, female agent a guy walks in turns himself in mm-hmm. he's not a cannibal or anything but he is like a he's psychopathic a, he's, a big, he's criminal. A big bad yeah. and uh he actually i think there's an episode really early on where they send him he sends her after a uh, cannibalistic serial killer and that's kind of the plot of the show
1: mm-hmm.
3: and so i was just like okay well yeah that's seeing where that came from <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and I've, I've been told the Hannibal TV series is very, very good, but I have not watched it myself. But Didn't it have, um... It's Mads Mikkelsen.
2: S- I was about to say, maybe, I was, I was, is yeah. he was Mads Mikkelsen or Stellan Sc- Skarsgård? One of those guys who yeah, has yeah. a Norwegian double yeah. letter name. Yeah,
1: yeah, Mad- Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, he's supposed to be very, very good in that.
2: Maddie Mix, as yeah. his friends call him.
1: I've got here just a couple other things I just wanted to talk about within the horror genre in general. I've got some film recommendations. Uh, I've got a couple of director recommendations. hmm uh, but I also kind of wanted to touch on like wh- some of the philosophical questions that horror films, just in general, make me ask, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about them. I right,
2: want you hit us real, real quick, just to, like run down the list for film and director recommendations, okay? And then we can jump into those briefly. All
1: That's right, good. all right. So if you want to see kids getting scared to death, um, yeah. I recommend a lot of Stephen King's work. So it, uh, and I don't care which version you watch; I like both. Um and Stand by Me.
3: Stand by like Stand by Me is not a horror.
1: Uh, Stand by Me. Stand it, it's by based me. on a Stephen King short story called The Body. Um, and it, it's I wouldn't say that it's one hundred percent horror. The movies excellent, but the, it's a great film. Uh, but there there is some definitely scary things in there. Like these are four kids going to go fight a dead body, and that's really scary. Um, and I
4: can't watch anymore.
1: <laughs> well, then, then you've also got um, Kiefer Sutherland's character, who is. Oh, I did
2: watch a horror yeah, movie with Kiefer the- Sutherland, Mirrors, or something uh, like that.
1: I was the I immediately think of The Lost Boys, uh, which is
2: he was in some. Yeah, I saw one some of my favorites. <laughs> I saw it was, it was I, I I don't remember why I watched it. I think I watched it because Kiefer Sutherland was in it. It was like right out. I was coming right off of Twenty Four, mm-hmm. and he's a security guard, and there's some haunted mirror in the warehouse. He's he's washing in, and his wife gets murdered because she's taking a bath. And then in the mirror, her mirror reflection starts, like, pulling her jaw apart and literally, like, rips her jaw apart in real life. And then it ends with I think it ends with Donald Sutherland getting trapped in the mirror. I don't know. It was pretty grisly.
1: As I huh? say I haven't, haven't seen that one. Supernatural horror. Um, probably two of the best: Hereditary, which came out a couple years ago, which um, I'm going to talk a little more about. Ari Aster, who's the director of that film, uh, in a minute. And then uh, 1977's Suspiria by um, Oh, that Dario uh, Argento. That one's
2: crazy.
1: I I it, it made me the visuals in that film really made me love it. Uh, made me a big fan of Dario Argento. Uh, Did you the watch director. the remake? Uh, yes, and I hate it. Um. <laughs> But uh, actually, uh, my, my uh, one of my uh, co-writers over at Fangirlish, Jasmine, she and I, um, we uh, last year we did an article together called The Tale of Two Suspirias because I love the original and did not enjoy the new one. And she did not enjoy the original and she loved the new one. So um, if you want to read that, you can look that up at Fangirlish.com. Um, found footage, uh, kind of the iconic uh, one for that is The Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, folk horror. She had
2: like a $5 budget. Makes so much right,
1: right, right, right. Um, and, and that's that's the tale of a lot of these horror films. Uh, folk horror. Um, the Wicker Man, 1973. Not the bees! No, no. Do not watch the Nick Cage version. It is hot garbage. <laughs> um, and then... Um, um, I gotta put
2: that on the soundboard. Uh, not the
1: bees! Not the bees. Um, and then um, Midsummer by... Um, Ari Aster as well. Um, that's a
2: relatively recent one, Yeah, uh, right? Yes,
1: that came out last year. And um, they, there are four mo- horror movies that I will never watch again. Two of them are Ari Asters. <laughs> um, but they're great, great films. Uh, Possession movie, The Exorcist, is the scariest movie I've ever seen. It often is called the scariest movie of all time. And uh, it, it definitely earns that name. Again, one of those I'll never watch again. <laughs> Sci-fi horror, uh, Alien. Um, and that's my favorite movie of all time.
2: How do you feel about the sequels?
1: Uh, like the um, Alien, like,
2: Aliens, A- Alien Three. I
1: like Aliens, but I think they're two different genres. Okay.
2: Um, kind of move more towards action.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't really care for Alien Three. Uh, Alien Four was okay. Uh, but still not great. I don't mind the prequels. Actually, my introduction to the whole Alien franchise is I saw Prometheus first, mm. um, which was really interesting for me to then go back and watch Alien and realize, oh, Prometheus really mirrored Alien a lot. That's really interesting. Uh, if you want to do a, just a monster movie, I recommend going back, look at those Universal monster films. But I think if you, the best one of those is The Wolfman uh, with Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, that one really holds up. And the um, the makeup effects they did that were actually really monumental for the time. Um, And just his acting, though, is really what makes that film still work today. Body horror, in um, pretty much anything by David Cronenberg. Rabid, Videodrome, Scanners. The main reason I like... Not gonna plug The Thing? Uh, the Thing is, is definitely true. That I never thought about that as body horror. I think of that one still as like sci-fi horror too. But yeah, it is definitely body horror stuff. Um, but uh, the reason I like David Cronenberg is while his films, uh, like if you are sensitive to gore and disgusting things, do not watch them, but <laughs> you will not have a good time. It, it's not there for the sake of being disgusting. It actually serves in a narrative function with in the story, and I think that's really interesting because not a lot of people do that. Horror, sant- horror satire Scream by Wes Craven, Cabin in the Woods by Joss Whedon, uh, The Dead Don't Die by uh, uh, Jim Jarmusch is a love letter to zombie horror. And I said the naked zombie from Night of the Living Dead will come back.
2: Naked Butt Zombie. Naked Butt
1: Zombie. Um, so that lady. It shows up, again, as a naked butt zombie in The Dead Don't Die. It's the same actress as an old lady. She's, she's very old.
2: And, uh, old naked butt zombie. Old
1: naked butt zombie. She shows up in The Dead Don't Die. It's um, But I, I saw The Dead Don't Die twice in the theater, and I hee-haw laughed through the whole thing. Some people don't know what to do with that film, uh, but it's it's a love letter to zombie horror, and I appreciate that on that level.
2: I might also point out that, and I, again, I know a lot more about horror mm-hmm. than I should from how many horror films I've watched right. is because the channel I watch, he, he talks about the behind the scenes mm-hmm. and the history. And so learned a lot of that. Um, but scream really changed the genre right. in a big way. Cause scream was very irreverent and self-referential and kind of deconstructive of horror films mm-hmm. intentionally. And then a lot of films for a while tried to do that, but didn't quite understand right. why scream worked. Right. And even Scream had sequels that were of varying. Quality. I've
1: only seen the first one, so, but um, <clears throat> I, I I watched it before I had seen a lot of horror movies. I still recognize some of the stuff they were trying to do, and then I watched it. A couple years ago when it was at the Ayrsley Grand, and I appreciated it on a completely different level, having watched a lot more horror films in, in between those times, so that was really fun. Um, the two best new horror directors that are making movies right now are Ari Aster, who he's the guy who did Hereditary and *Midsummer*, and uh, Jordan Peele. I
2: was about to say. Which, uh, what a wild swing for him. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. To go
2: from sketch comedy right. to crazy horror.
1: Yeah, he, um, what I appreciate about both of them is that they both understand the genre. I read something about Ari Aster not too long ago where, uh, he's, he's the same age as me, he's, so he's like 35. As a kid, he rented basically rented every single horror movie in the two video stores in his area. And it shows. Uh, because if you don't have to know anything about horror movies to watch and enjoy his movies just as films. But if you do, you're like, oh my gosh, this sound editing is from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> that shot is from Halloween. The, like Midsummer is kind of like the Wicker, like the 1973 Christopher Lee Wicker Man on steroids. Uh, no, there's no stupid bees. Oh my gosh. Right. Um,
3: I'm gonna have to interrupt for a second. Apparently, there is water pouring out of the hood over our stove at our house, so I've got to. Oh, yeah. okay. oh no! Yes, so. Emergency exit for Jason. Yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah. y'all have fun. Okay. okay. How does that even work? Why is there water above your stove? Well, I'm assuming it's the rain.
1: <laughs> Gosh, oh this goodness. sucks, Jason. I'm sorry. Yeah.
3: It's good luck, my friend.
0: Yeah. Good luck with that odd speed.
1: God Godspeed, Spider-Man. Yes.
0: God speed, Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, talk about horror. My goodness. <laughs> but uh yeah. Not the water boy <laughs> Not the Water over myself. Uh but yeah, Ari Aster um is just he's so knowledgeable about the horror genre and he play he pays visual homage to the horror genre in every single film he makes. While simultaneously creating an original story that is super super terrifying, his cinematography basically solidified why I will watch every single film he makes. Um, because he does these he does these shots where it's a fixed shot, you're not moving, nothing's happening in the shot. But something scary is about to happen, and it just holds that tension there, and you feel trapped. And he, and, or he does like these long panning, like slow pan out shots, and then suddenly, as you're getting like a, a bigger picture of what's actually going on in the background, you're like, No! no! And then you, you're stuck. He, he's a great, 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 great director. Are you a
2: vocal horror movie watcher?
1: I am when I watch this. <laughs> um, my, my my buddy and I, uh, it's kind of our thing now to go see his films together. And uh, she will, like, grab my arm and I'll be like, <gasps> and then there are multiple F-bombs. Um, <laughs>
2: I, I, I meant more of the, less of the uh, scary and more like, no, he's hiding behind the door. Don't
1: open the door. What are you doing? No, 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 not so much that. It, it, at least, like, if I'm in a theater. Uh, but uh, I'll definitely jump or, uh, you know make, like, a ridiculous sound. So, um, but yeah, um, Ari Aster, great, great director. Someone who I feel like does something similar and yet different is Jordan Peele. And what I really love about Jordan Peele, again, he demonstrates just how knowledgeable he is, not only of horror, but of also um, science fiction as Mm -hmm. well. Science fiction plays a huge role in his films.
2: I took over to the toilet. Uh,
1: yeah, and and you know, honestly, some people rag on it, but I don't think they're understanding what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I I just really appreciate his his cinematic work. So with um with Jordan Peele, not only is he doing that same kind of thing where he is paying homage to all of the the other things within the genre, um, his cinematography is fantastic. I think us is a wonderful recommend uh, like example of that. Um, but also um he. Offers social commentary in a way that is more palatable um, than some other people would uh, would think. Um, I think *Us*. I think *Get Out* does that really well. It's, I mean, it's a commentary on eugenics. It made me think of like Henry, uh, *Henrietta Lacks*.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: if if you've uh, not seen it, check it out. Uh, but I think *Us* is is more poignant in that. Like, I saw *Us* three times in the theater, and it took me the third time seeing it to where it wasn't about. Me trying to figure out the logistics of how the Doppelgangers <laughs> work versus who was in the position of power. And that blew my mind. Um, and then so I'm watching it again. I'm like, <gasps> oh, gosh. And like catching all these little tiny things. Uh, it's it's so good. His, his films are really worth rewatching just to get those little tiny details down pat. So those are the two new horror directors I would really recommend. You guys got time to talk a minute about philosophical stuff with uh, sure. with uh, horror? I know we're, we're running a little long. No worries. So I think part of the reason I like horror, there's a, there's a couple different things. I read an article a while back. It was shortly after um, IT Chapter 2 came out. There, there's been studies done that people who have experienced trauma in some way, especially like as children, gravitate to the horror genre, uh, be it like in, in film or book form. Because it helps them to process their own trauma, and one of the things um, I really love about it, uh, Stephen King's It, you know, regardless of which version you watch, I think I think the newer version does this a little better. Where the scary thing is not Pennywise; what is scary is the adults are working out their childhood trauma, and Pennywise is the is the physical manifestation of that trauma. Mm-hmm. But the scary part mm-hmm. is them facing down the things as adults that were traumatizing for them as children. And I I think that is just an interesting thing that I don't think you can do that with a lot of other films uh, because horror is the only genre that really takes evil realistically um, it looks it, it evil for what it is. It's 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 bad. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Like and and like even like superhero films to a degree. And I love superhero films. Y'all know that. Like yeah, they they face evil, but evil is usually defeated by the end. The horror genre, you don't always defeat evil at the end. Sometimes evil defeats you. Mm-hmm. And and gosh, is that not the real world?
2: And I, I also am not a the biggest fan. And now there are exceptions to that because I did enjoy Day of the Dead. Or *Night mm-hmm. of the Living Dead*, mm-hmm. but in general, I like the good guys to win in the end. Even if I it's, do too. I, I'm okay with it being a pyrrhic victory. I'm 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 okay with that. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I I'd rather have that where it's a victory that costs uh, that had a tremendous cost. Right. Because yeah, good still won, but it came at a price. Because. When the bad guys win, I'm just like, well, why did I bother watching them? That's what happens in real life a lot of times. Or what feels like what happens in real life a lot of times. I get enough of that, so I want want my fiction to be a little more... We talked about this during Star Trek. I want my fiction to be a little more optimistic.
0: Right, right. And I think it just comes down to why you're watching. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you a movie watcher? Like, why do you enjoy these things? Mm -hmm. And if you are somebody who is absorbing stories and just wants to watch something that they understand and relate to i think you can get drawn to horror a lot because it's more relatable mm-hmm. in, in, in certain genres of horror can be right. way more relatable than than silly you know romantic comedies or, or things like that or superhero movies mm-hmm. um it can carry with it a lot more realism and just weight mm-hmm. uh but also you have people that really enjoy like like you said i mean you, you probably go and watch a movie because you want to hear an entertaining story and for you The idea that the good person wins is is part of the entertainment, part of the excitement. And so there's something that's missing for you when you go and try to enjoy a story. Yeah. Which is essentially what movies are. They're just stories being told.
2: I think we also have this idea that there has to be ultimate justice at the end of everything. So if a story in a small way reflects that, it feels satisfying. And if if there's no ultimate justice, then it feels unsatisfying in a way because it's like, well, they just got away with that. That's not just. Um, Have you guys seen Gone Girl?
1: I have not. I've been told I can't that listen to that, that, that title
2: would... without thinking it's like a sassy
0: teenage if, thing. If, if gone you were, girl. Like at the end of that movie, you'll just I'm not gonna say anything about it, but you will be like throwing things through windows. <laughs> decided, yeah. Oh my god. Ryan like, watched
1: that one and told me that I would not like it, and for you know. Some of the content and
0: sure, yeah, and, it is and, graphic.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, okay, and I, I knew enough about it to know it's like, this is probably not going to be a movie that's going to be very good for it's, me to watch. It's
0: just the ultimate no justice is served movie. And, and you're right. I mean, like, it, the, the movie—it's not even a horror movie. You know, it's—it's it's just it's a suspense drama, mm-hmm. criminal, you know, movie, and it is very graphic. But the ending is just—it's for the sheer purpose of a movie that leaves you with a sense of injustice, right? And,
2: you're like, which oh. and I think there's a place for that, I just don't actively check sure. it out, right? Oh, yeah, um, but but but, but but I think one of the things horror genres do that other films do in part, but jo- uh, horror films do in whole is they kind of lean on your subconscious to il- to elicit mm-hmm. feelings, mostly fear. Right. So, like, uh, the descent, have you ever seen imagery from the descent? It's like if you're claustrophobic, you will be terrified during that mm-hmm. film, so it kind of they they lean on these primal things who hasn't seen shapes in the closet and the, in the dark have right. been like, well, this is how I die. <laughs> so I think horror movies in a way that other genres can't in certain ways, because we tend to push that stuff to the back. Cause it's not constant. So horror movies tend to tend to touch on certain emotional responses mm-hmm. that other movies don't well, usually go to. Now, now there are definitely movies that do go to those places, but usually that's like a part of it, not the whole of it. And usually right. the horror film, that's the overarching, goal is to kind of trigger a primal response and get you in that maybe not the horror comedy so much but. right right <laughs> and, and
0: i mean and again not to, to lump all horror into the same category because we, we've just experienced through this podcast there are so many different genres of horror but i think primarily horror harps harps way more on the visuals of, mm-hmm. of like what you're mm-hmm. seeing and, it, and it's funny when you come out of film school i know a lot of friends coming out of film school that typically and when you want to be a director. Those typically are the first movies that anybody... Like, if you look at any director nowadays, go watch them, like, like, like follow their history back to when they were either in school or just getting out of school, and I can almost guarantee the first thing they try to do is make some horror movie. Mm -hmm. Because... All these things that you learn, like, okay, you're going to learn everything there is to know about lighting. Like, what kind of lighting conveys what message, what kind of, okay, everything you know about audio. everything they, they, they get all these things, but essentially they're not creative writers yet. Like, they've learned everything that there is about film and they have all this knowledge, but they haven't created creative stories yet. Mm-hmm. And a horror platform and a canvas is so, so ready for all mm-hmm. of those tricks because you can just go, I want to make somebody feel this way, so let's use the lighting in this way. I yeah, want to mm-hmm. do this, so let's use the audio this way. And it doesn't necessarily – It you don't need to have all this knowledge on yeah. creating a compelling story or, like, a really interesting dialogue. And it, it can kind of just be like, there's going to be a guy walking around. We'll say he's crazy, and he's just trying to kill people. Mm-hmm. But let's make the really, really interesting, talented part be how we go about filming this yeah. kind
2: of, like, silly scenario. Yeah. And, and, and you then can leave a, can a lot of things, go, things wow, unexplained. You don't have to explain a whole yeah, lot. Like, you can just be like, well clearly like, this it's person not about is that. gonna kill like, people. It's, it's about... You don't need to go in depth and explaining and you don't have to be you can be a little avant-garde with how you're filming it because in a horror movie, if the filming is a little weird, mm. then that doesn't throw it off. Like if the Avengers is all filmed at Dutch angles and like crazy camera things going on, you're gonna be like, What why is it's this why is this from... Marvel movie weird? This, right. Yeah. But in a horror movie I'm like, Whoa, wasn't expecting that.
1: Well, and, and I think Ari Aster and Jordan Peele are great examples of, of doing that. And I think Ari Aster, too, like, uh, you know, I talk more about how Jordan Peele does a lot of social commentary with his work. One thing I neglected to mention about Ari Aster is that while his films are absolutely terrifying, there is there is an underlying story and, and, and they ask a question at the end. And, like, Hereditary's question is, can I escape my family trauma or is it Hereditary? Midsummer is about a girl... Who it it mean? It's it's a breakup movie, but it's also her trying to find her place in the world, her family. Like she's trying to find a family. It's a pretty which, rough
2: way to break up with someone.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, well, pretty, it, pretty
2: aggressive breakup.
1: Yeah, the, the breakup is is something is. Is a is a different aspect. Her story is twofold. By the way, Florence Pugh, I have seen her in three different movies, and she plays three completely different roles in those. She is like the next Meryl Streep. She's amazing. Joins a cult in Midsummer, and then she's uh, Paige, the professional wrestler in Fighting with My Family, and then she's Amy March in Little Women. So just, <laughs> just so so different. Um, but she she's incredible in Midsummer. Also, like again, this is where I get grumpy about the Academy. Um, for a few different reasons, but um, Toni Collette deserved an Oscar for her performance in, in uh, Hereditary. And Lupita Nyong'o she deserved an Oscar nom for us, and neither one were even nominated. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? She like, was the mother in us. Yes, she was. You know, of course, I, all yeah. The the she's the mother, but she's also like her doppelganger as well. Right. And just watching her do those transitions, she apparently her she voices. like really,
2: She apparently she was like, there's some uh, behind set footage. She's like talking to the director, and she's keeping that voice. That I hey, you so you want me to do this scene like this? And I was <laughs> like, that's
1: dedication. Yeah, <laughs> no, she she is. Amazing, just really underrated. So those those would be those two directors would be the two I would really commend to you if you want to watch really solid modern horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep the lights on <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Also, Uh-oh.
2: when we were watching Halloween, there were commercials, which really uh, kind yeah, of yeah that atmosphere. yeah that really. So I can see it on, in a Amazon big I can see it in a big screen setting.
1: Well, I've seen it on the big screen twice. Yeah, that was my see, first I can experience. I could see it in a, a in a
2: big screen setting being yeah. scarier.
1: And and that's such a beautifully shot film. Half the budget of that film was spent on uh, Panavision care, uh, cameras. The budget for Halloween 1978 was $300,000. 150000 of that went to these Panavision cameras, so it shot in 235.1. The the other big uh, line item in the budget was Donald Pleasant's salary, who, which was $20,000. You
2: mean Kevin
4: Burrell's salary? Yeah, I know. Um, so for those
1: not in the know, um, our one of our pastors is uh, Donald Pleasant's uh, do, a doppelganger. Um, like legit. Like legit, yeah. so Rest in peace,
0: man. It,
1: yeah, yeah. Final thoughts on horror, guys?
0: definitely respect it more. I mean, not that I didn't respect it before. Mm -hmm. I'm just not as super into it, but I, I think understanding all the different subgenres, it's like, Oh, when I hear horror, I I don't think I really, I don't, my mind doesn't usually go to silence of the lambs and alien, you know, like it's more on the, the modern day kind of like, Gore porn, if you mm-hmm. would like, where I'm just like, ah, just I, 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 I
1: can't do the torture porn. Yeah. I, I I think some of the stories behind those films are interesting, but I just can't watch. Sure. First people of be all, tortured.
2: not a bad movie.
0: I, I've, I've been all told the other that ones. I can't watch
1: it, for just that reason. Crazy. Um, I would say the Purge films are like that. I've actually only seen the the Purge prequel that came out a couple so summers ago.
0: United States of America. Uh,
1: yeah, basically, okay. I was like, wow, this is a really compelling story, but I I can't watch people be tortured. Mm-hmm. I just I, I can't watch that. Mm-hmm.
2: So okay. yeah, I'm I don't see got horror. Movies, Mm -hmm. I've watched a couple, a handful, and, uh, you know, a good movie is a good movie. Right. I think even if you don't, if you're like, well, I didn't like the horror aspects of it, you can appreciate a good movie for being a good movie, especially if you're thinking about uh, filmography, cinematography, dialogue, audio design, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. But for me, I, uh, I really enjoy horror games, which I didn't think I would. Because I I don't care at all for horror movies. Mm-hmm. I did not think I was going to enjoy horror games, but I ended up getting really into them. I really enjoyed. Uh, so it started with uh, I was just like playing Five Nights at Freddy's, which is just jump scares. Right. And at a certain point, it just becomes annoying. You're like, can't please beat the level. But then I played this game called uh, Amnesia: The Dark Descent, and this is this this team has made several games that are all very similar. And then they made this one called Soma that was really interesting not that scary but really interesting but the the whole thing about amnesia is you can't look at the monsters or you start to go crazy so and they're attracted to light so when the monsters come rolling around you have to go hide in the corner in the dark as you're going insane and you're like whimpering and you can hear the monsters like plodding around and then when you see them you're like no so i that was i it was it was it felt i felt the tension and the fear and the anxiety in a way that horror movies just don't didn't do it for me. So I really enjoyed playing the horror game in small bursts. Right. Yeah, so so I, I think horror games I think it's a really good medium for horror because mm-hmm. you're the one controlling the events. Because you're the one who has to more or less, take responsibility for the, the. The character makes a stupid decision; it's your fault. Mm-hmm. So, I think it. I think it has. It, I, I think it, the interactivity is is what made it click for me.
1: Yeah, I, I I've I've never really played any horror games. I I do remember. Being in like fifth grade, being at a buddy's house, and she had like a Sega Saturn, and there was <laughs> some vampire game that we played for that one, and that freaked me out for weeks. <laughs> <After> <laughs> it, I cannot tell you the name of that game. Uh, I'll have to Google it later, but I remember being particularly freaked out by like the cutscenes in that in that mm-hmm. game. Greg, playing horror games,
2: I haven't gotten into a whole lot
0: of them. Um, back back in the day, you know the orange box, yeah, like like the there was a PC game before that called Blue Shift mm-hmm. which is one of like i think the game the way the game was set up is that it was the same storyline but the different games you were playing different roles like one of them you were yeah. a scientist one of them you were one of like the military guys coming in to, to stop the I mean, it's essentially like a like a science experiment goes wrong and there's these these things that are created that are eating people kind of like kind of like a resident evil but but blue shift, you're a security guard on shift. You're Barney, and his name, his name is Calhoun. Oh, you're Calhoun.
2: And I you were Barney.
0: you're Barney. Like, you you starts off. You're just getting in this little like you know this little shuttle, and it like kind of goes forward, and then it goes down into the into like the you know the science bay or whatever. But it's very slow, like getting started. And it just it, even as a kid, I was I was nervous playing it because it just slowly built, slowly built, slowly built, and like yeah, it's the closest to a horror. Yeah. I've no, Half
2: Life definitely has some horror elements in it, and I, of course, I played Resident Evil, which they're so campy mm-hmm. that they're silly. But there's definitely some good scares in Resident Evil.
1: I've been told the uh, the new Alien, uh, the newish Alien, Alien that Isolation, I, uh, that is came out a few to be years really ago, good, yeah. is, is supposed to be really good. Yeah, I've seen a little bit. I have watched my my friend's husband play a little bit of it one time, and she was on like Video Jet, and he uh, he had a good few good jump scares out of it. That was pretty fun. <laughs>
2: yeah. So so for me, horror games are more. I I, I find them easier to access than horror movies. Well, mm-hmm. I don't mind a good horror comedy. I got over my sometime when I was doing biology and doing dissections. I got over gore. Yeah. I don't I don't seek it out, but it doesn't bother me for the mm-hmm. most part. Eye stuff I've never been like. Ooh, okay, yeah. I had trouble with uh, Luke Cage, not Luke Cage. Um, Jessica Jones, when he has to, she has to put the needle under oh, yeah, his yeah, eye. Yeah, I was yeah.
1: like. Ah! Yeah. <sighs>
2: I, I hate i stuff.
1: And I love Jessica Jones. So yeah, much. she's my favorite.
2: All right, so cool. That I think that wraps about it. Yeah. Sorry we're not but... long today, guys. <laughs> no, <it was laughs> but uh, thank you for coming, Ashley. Yeah. It was
1: yeah awesome yeah. to hear a little bit more thanks about for, horror. Thanks
2: for having me. Um. And so uh, when. Should we do the Ashley corrects (laughs) 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 the episode? (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. The one, you know, we'll title it like a friends episode. The one where Ashley rebuts everything.
2: (laughs) The one one where Ashley is right and they are wrong.
1: (laughs) Uh, for for those not in the know, um, Greg and I became friends after we argued about Star Wars for an hour in our friend's kitchen for at a Halloween party. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, Ashley thinks the Last Jedi was a good movie, so the Last Jedi what, 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 is you? my
1: favorite Star Wars movie for a super duper hot take. Yes, Stun them into
3: silence. On that note, we <laughs> <laughs> <Now> that's horror <laughs> for you. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> all right, next time. Yeah, yeah, we we'll save so
2: that for another day. We'll we'll round this out. Uh, Greg, where can people find you? Uh, you find me
0: uh, on Facebook at Chapter One Films, or you email me, uh, Greg at Chapter One Biz.
2: Ashley? All
1: right. You can follow me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Nerdy Blogger, or you can tweet me on Twitter at The Nerdy Blogger, or you could follow my writing on Fangirlish um, at Fangirlish.com. I have a column that I write every week called Way Back Wednesday, where I review one retro film each week. Demolition Man. Uh, I still need to watch Demolition Man. That's so. so good. Good.
2: Uh, You can find me at Holy Golem. You can find the show at Dearly Debated. uh, both those on Twitter, or email us, DearlyDebated at gmail.com. So until next time,
3: we'll see you you all.
2: See you all later. Ah! 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 Ah!
3: (laughs) Spooky, scary skeletons send shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul. Seal your doom tonight scary skeletons speak with such a screech you'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombie shriek
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli I guess I hide my dentist's office